Blog Talk Radio. The drama began when head coach Al Golden was asked a very simple question on Sunday morning. Any decision down the quarterback? Yeah, Brad Kai will be the star. Um, just what did you see from Brad? You know, I mean, we've talked about him all camp. It feels like he's been here for three years already, but what what, what made the final decision for you? Yeah, it's close. You know, uh, uh, Jake understands uh, exactly what he needs to do in, in terms of getting ready and supporting Brad. And uh, and Brad knows that it's uh, it's the competition is going to continue. Yeah, that's so, the thing. That's the thing too. How do you how do you guard against him? You know, thinking that he's got it locked up. What, well, what's well, the challenge we, now you, for him? You, you, you communicate that to him. You know, I mean, we got a long way to go in terms of the season and um, this competition at every position. So it was a it was a uh, it was a tight battle. It was a, a battle that none of us, including you guys, could have foresaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of June or beginning of July or maybe even beginning of camp. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited about that position. Um, certainly, uh, in, in Ryan's absence, uh, those two had a great. Uh, battle. I think Kevin Olson really improved, so I'm excited about him. Uh, but right now, uh, Brad did, you know, nudged out uh, Jake, and uh, he's our quarterback. Coach, when did you decide? When did you actually make the decision? Uh, this morning. Is that what you told him? Yes, sir. So as far as him, you know, one of the things he said he had to work on uh, was his communication, is, is you know, being more vocal, things like that. Yep. You had no reservations about him being in that environment at Louisville. Not at all. No. But how has he come along with that? Oh, he's come along great. I mean, uh, I think. Uh, He's done a great job in terms of that. He's really maturing, and uh, we're putting him in a tough environment every day in terms of the music. Uh, I think the biggest thing now is just uh, to get him to, uh, you know, because we don't have our whole offense in uh, for the opener, um, you know, he'll, he'll improve by leaps and bounds here in the next three or four days. What was Jake's reaction? Uh, they were both very positive. Again, I don't want to get too much into the, uh, right. the personal uh, stuff in terms of protecting uh, our privacy, but... That both, you know, obviously both really positive guys. They've been great the entire competition, uh, and they know it's an ongoing thing. It's all about performance and execution. So uh, that's where we are today. And, and uh, Brad's a starter going into uh, the opener, and, and uh, Jake uh, Jake knows he's got to support the starter and, and be ready to go. What does it mean for Ryan Williams? Yeah, again, Ryan. As I said all along, you know, Ryan is kind of uh, that's a medical issue right now. So uh, when it when it when it's not a medical issue anymore and uh, he can do everything that we need our quarterbacks to do, uh, then, then we'll, we'll, we'll you know, look at it in every angle and see what's best for our football team. But uh, right now, that's not, that's not part of the equation. Uh, his health right now, his strength, his ability to rehab and return is uh, paramount for him. Once he does that, we'll evaluate the situation. If this is a kid who you did not have in January, how, uh, how, how much of a long shot did it seem to you when you guys got him just three months ago, whatever it was? Uh, for Brad, uh, I think the biggest thing was just uh, we saw how much you know he was devoted to it, how many sacrifices he made, um, how, how well he learned, and then how, how it translates to the film, uh, to the field. I mean, a guy can be good in the film room or be good in, in, in out of the book, and then it doesn't translate. Uh, but it has translated here. Uh, we put him in very tough situations. We put him under the gun. His completion percentage is good. He's protected the ball really well. Um, you know, he can articulate the offense. Uh, he's very poised. So, again, at the end of the day, uh, as I told him, he's our quarterback. He's not a freshman quarterback. He's the University of Miami quarterback. Al, forgive uh, my lack of research on this, but have you ever coached a true freshman, you know, as a starter before? Uh, 
I don't. I don't believe so. No. Okay. I mean, a lot of positions, not that one. Sure. Does that? I mean, anything that goes into that specifically without you? Oh, like I said, I mean, if he wasn't here for 13 weeks before preseason camp, plus three now, I mean, that's 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. But uh, that, combined with the fact that he made incredible sacrifices personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's smart, uh, and he's disciplined. Uh, he just, he's just one of those guys that got better uh, incrementally every day. And uh, so here we are. Is there anything in particular that ties you better than No, I mean, it's close. It's really close. Just a couple little things here and there. That's it. Um, I'd be happy with either one of them, any, either one of them going in the game. Uh, right now, it's spread. Uh, so you have a new starting quarterback, Canes fans. His name is Brad Kaya. He's still 18 years old, hails from Southern California, and yes, he is a true freshman who has never stepped foot on a college football field. The decision to start the kid was a bold move by Al Golden, who also had a veteran of 30 college football starts at his disposal in Kansas transfer Jay Keeps. What does it mean? What will Kaya face Monday night at Louisville? What do you think of Al We'll talk about all of that and more on what promises to be a lively edition this week of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. Yes, I was as, as surprised as any of you by Al Golden's decision to start the season with Brad Kaya at quarterback, not because he didn't look worthy of the part in the practice sessions we were able to watch this fall, but it was because of how difficult of a, of a challenge that this is going to be on Monday night in what promises to be an amped-up atmosphere at Papa John Stadium in Louisville with the Cardinals declaring a blackout night. It's the home debut of new head coach Bobby Petrino, and more than 30 Florida products on the Louisville sideline are going to be looking to put on a show for the folks back home that they know will be watching. As always, this is your show tonight, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As is our typical custom, we've asked subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear addressed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. If Brad Kaya struggles early, how long is it going to take for Al Golden to go to Jay Keeps? With Michael Weish clearly out of shape, is it a waste of time to play him this year? Should he redshirt? Why aren't the two freshman safeties, Marquise Gayat and Kai Hester, in the two deep at safety? Who will get the start at right tackle, where a lot of Louisville's pressure figures to come from on Monday night? What is Kevin Olsen's future with this football team? Does Gus Edwards' football ability match his physical ability? Can he be an elite running back at Miami? Or is he more of a Mike James-style contributor? How many games would the Canes have to win to start the season to crack the top 25? Is Al Golden ready to play the more talented athletes, the raw athletes who have a higher ceiling on this team over the more experienced guys um, that might already have tapped out their potential and are no longer getting better? Well, I'll answer that one really quick right now. Just look at who's starting at quarterback. And then you, you also have um, young guys being worked in, like Darian Owens at linebacker. I think Al Golden is showing you that he is willing to make those decisions. 
Is the depth really great at running back if Duke Johnson gets injured? You'd be left with a big back who didn't do a ton last year and a true freshman in Joe Yearby. There were also a few topics that were left over from last week's show. Can Stacy Coley become a dominant force this season? What about Jamal Carter, locked in a three-way battle at safety? Is he really a playmaker, or is he still a work in progress? Will depth on the defensive line really make that much of a difference on defense for game one? Is the season opener against Bobby Petrino and Louisville an opportunity for Mark D'Onofrio to begin turning the tide in his reign as Miami's defensive coordinator? In all of Al Golden's interviews this fall, he seemed to have a different attitude than the past three years. What gives with that? Is there really a difference in him? Is the O-line up to the challenge of protecting Kaya after being manhandled the last time they played Louisville? And finally, I have been asked to describe in one word Brad Kaya, your new starting quarterback. And I can only think of one that would be appropriate right now. And I'm going to use the word amazing. Because what this kid has done in three weeks of fall camp to ascend to the starting quarterback job, even with Ryan um, Williams' injury, is a tribute to that kid and the hard work he put in. And yes, it is simply amazing. So now, let's get on with tonight's show. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. It's your turn to talk. We're going to start out tonight in... The 786, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah, I got a few questions, man. All right, who's this, first of all? This Mitch from the 786. All right, Mitch, go ahead. Hey, how do you feel about the injuries up there in Louisville? The effect, the type of effect it have on the game? Well, it's going to have a huge effect, Josh. To be honest with you, when you look at that Devontae Parker injury, I mean, that's like Miami losing Duke Johnson. They, they were building their offense around that kid. He's, a, he's an elite receiver, and losing him for six to eight weeks is just a devastating blow to that Louisville team. Uh, that said, they do have some other quality receivers, a couple that Miami recruited, guys like Eli Rogers, Mickalee Harris, and, and others. So um, they're still solid at receiver. Uh, the offense has done very well in fall camp. So I, I don't know that I would read too much into it, but without question, I think that will cost Louisville maybe 100 yards of offense in this football game, and that's massive. That kid is that good. All right, what's up with uh, Al-Qudim Muhammad? What is it? Is he suspended or what? Uh, we don't think he's going to be. Um, he, had a, he had a little incident at, at some point here um, in the off offseason. Uh, we're not going to go into too much detail on it because – we, we don't have all the facts, and, and, and we're not, you know, rock solid on all the details. Um, but he had a meeting today on campus that, that caused him to miss practice. That's, uh, that's why the focal point is on him today. Um, but they've been preparing as, as, as if he, without question, is going to play in the game. Al Golden, for about the third time in the last week, again said today that they are planning on him being able to play in the game. So right now it doesn't look like it's going to be an issue. All right, last question. Is this Darren Owens kid legit or not? He's legit, but I, I'd put it in the same category as Kaya. You know, it, 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 it's like you're throwing a true freshman out there on the field in the first game of the year. Um, I mean, if, if Owens does, in fact, start, he was running first team today. And uh, that's a tough, tough order, man. I mean, you know, that's it, a lot of pressure. It's a lot to know, a, a lot of preparation that you're not used to. Um, a, a lot runs through those kids' minds in those situations. And if these guys can handle it, 
boy, you just tip your hat to him because most freshmen who are put into ball games at this time in their careers cannot handle it. Yeah, he seems freaky athletic, man. I'm watching his yes, highlights. Yes, he is. Yeah, man. Yes. All right, man, continue with the show. You put me on the whole list. Oh, all right, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, 646-595-2048, Let's go out now to the 754, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Who's this? This is Jerome, man, uh, uh, from from the West Park area, long-time Kane fan since 1970, man, when they were playing on Friday nights, man. Holy cow, I was there with you, man. I grew up doing that. Those, those yeah. are some great memories. <laughs> yeah, with Chuck Foreman, Tom Sullivan back then, and uh, Mike Badnew, Bond, Reuben Carter, man. It was, it was it was some good players to watch, though, Gary, even though the team wasn't that good. But it was some good, good great individuals to watch that went on to do very well at the next level, man. I, if I was I was a wide-eyed, I, I was a wide-eyed little kid just sitting there in the Orange Bowl with you. <laughs> hey. Uh, listen, uh, uh, Gary. I, yes. I'm I'm floored, man, by by uh, Kyle winning. I I really had all the chips in with uh with with heaps, and uh, uh, but it it must be saying something, Gary, that the kid handled things against the you know you know uh, what uh, Olsen got some years up on him, and and uh, Heat got a few years and games experience on him, and and him for him to come in and take it so. You know, we can't do nothing but get behind the kid and hope he, he'll handle what they're going to throw at him. And, you know, I'm expecting a lot to be thrown at him. I, I just hope we can dump some short passes off, or, uh, hopefully out in the flat and kind of, you know, stretch that defense up a little bit, man, and kind of take their, you know, that little edge off of what, you know, of, of uh, blitzing that down. I'm pretty sure they're going to have in mind to do because uh, Larry Grantham, I'm sure that's where he's definitely going to be loaded up on with, with, uh, with a lot of blitzing, man. What do you think? I agree with you, and you know, let me just say this, and, and I, you know, everybody out there in the Canes Nation was in the same boat. You know, you're watching this thing. Some people wanted Kaya. Some people thought that Heaps was, was the best choice. And you know, I'm going to start by just giving you know, mad kudos to Jake Heaps. I mean, he came in here in the middle of summer. He just threw himself into this program. He learned the offense. Um, along with Kaya, and what those mm-hmm. guys did for this football team from the first day of practice, they both of them should be totally commended for it, and they may have saved the season for this team because they allowed them to go through training camp running the real show. I mean, it, it wasn't you know yeah. just some fly-by-night operation out there in practice. I mean, they were executing exactly. the calls. I mean, they're running the line of scrimmage the way they're going to need to do it in a game. And, and I think you just got to tip your hat both to both Jake and Brad for the way they handled themselves this summer, the work they put in, the time that they sacrificed for their team. Um, and when the competition unfolded, it, it, I mean, it really was very close. And I, I, I watched, I would say, about a dozen practices, and I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't distinguish between the two. I mean – you know, yeah, one wow. moment a guy would make a mistake or something. But, I mean, these two guys were, were both playing at a very high level. And I'll tell you something. Those practices looked immensely different this fall than the spring practices looked back in, in March and April when Ryan Williams and Kevin Olsen were running the show out there at, at practice. And um, so it really was almost like a coin flip, I think, for the coaches. And, and I, I think in that situation, 
um, they decided to gamble on the future right now, and, and they don't really – they don't have a ton to lose. I mean, this is a big football game, but, you know, they do still have heaps sitting there, you know, on the sideline. If, if Kaya is rattled early and, and isn't executing, they can take him out, give him a break, put Jake Heaps in for a few series. They'll prepare Jake Heaps for this game as if he's a starting quarterback, and, and, and they will yeah. – be prepared for any contingencies that they'll face up there at Louisville. But they think yeah. so highly of Brad Kaya and think his future is so bright in this program that I think that's what tipped the scales. And it, it was the narrowest margins that separated them. And probably the biggest factor was the fact that Kaya is, is about four inches taller and can see the field better. And that might have yeah, been yeah. The, 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 the tiny thing that separated the competition. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, uh, Gary. Let, let me ask you something. Offensive line, uh, Taylor Gabbard, has he uh, emerged uh, as the right tackle? Because uh, uh, I'm, I was beginning to wonder about him. He's been in the program for a while, and the, uh, Casey McDermott and, and Trevor Dolan have been pushing him pretty hard for uh, you know for that position. And uh, I was kind of rooting for this kid to come along because I remember when he signed, he wanted to come to the U. I like. I like tall tackles myself, you know, and uh, I, I was uh, wondering have he have he, mer- he uh, made a move yet? Well, I don't know if you watched my um, interview on canesport.com with Taylor the first week of training camp, but um, he was really candid about what happened to him, and and he blew it this summer. He he, he stopped. He got out of shape. He wasn't doing his job in the workouts in the weight room with Swayze, and the coaches got wow. downright downright mad at him you know the, i mean they were pissed i mean i mean they called his family <laughs> you know it was like it was like you know it was like a, a junior high kid uh and, and the principal's calling mom and dad you know that's how bad it wow. was and, um and they suck him in the doghouse and he was in there all summer mm. and he, he was in there for the first three weeks of fall camp and now <laughs> we probably could have predicted this and and taylor certainly guaranteed it when we did the interview the first week of camp um He's risen the first back, and he was taking first-team reps all day today. And uh, it, it does look like he will start. I, I think Casey McDermott will get a chance to play quite a bit because he's another young prospect that they want to develop. And, you know, the the possibility of fulfilling a dream of the McDermott's and, and letting Shane and Casey play together in college football for this season, I think is something that the coaches, Art Kehoe, want to allow to come to fruition and Casey McDermott is certainly good enough to let that come to fruition, so I think you'll see that some. But yes, Taylor Gadbois will most likely, uh, barring you know something else crazy happening in camp this week, um, be out there for the first snap in the Louisville game. Hey Gary, before I go, I just want to ask you one more question. I know last week your assessments of the linebackers, uh, you, you you didn't sound overly impressed. Uh, uh, let's you know fast forward where we are now. Week now, can you say a week later you have you seen any improvement or uh, growth or somebody emerging that you can you know say uh, could possibly well, I mean, play a they've, lot? They've shut the doors on the last few practices, so we haven't been out there for the last couple. But but here's what I'll, I'm okay. going to say. I, I saw very very average play when when, when I was out there. Um, maybe my standards are higher than others. You know, I don't know. I mean, we'll certainly find out better when the games start for real. But I think just the fact that you're seeing a true freshman, Darian Owens, um, overtake Thurston Armbrister, for example, on on the depth chart and and looking like if he's going to start or certainly play quite a bit, I think starts to answer the question that you're asking me. And 
but but the, it's not a bad thing necessarily because I mean I'm of the opinion that this defense can't really start to get better until until some of the faces start to change. I mean you know mad mad props have been thrown around like crazy. You know for example I'll fall about Anthony Ciccolo and and you know I think it's great you know but but you know he's already played three years. I, I think we've seen the production that you're going to get from Anthony Ciccolo. And to me, until you, until you find replacements for some of these guys, until a Chad Thomas is good enough to be out there on the defensive line, until Darian Owens and Jawan Young are good enough to be out there at linebacker with Denzel, um, I just am not sure that's going to be the possibility of a lot of forward progress. Now, in the secondary, we are seeing a little bit of that. You know, at cornerback, Corn okay. uh, uh, Elder has moved forward and, and he's now competing. Artie Burns is competing and, and, and Gunther and Tracy Howard are getting a run for their money at cornerback. At safety, you've had Dallas Crawford come over from the offense and inject um, some playmaking ability into the secondary. You know, that's a big deal. Jamar Carter has taken the step forward this fall and he's in the mix at safety. So you are seeing some new faces start to emerge. And to my eye, that's a good thing. And that's what's necessary for this defense to start getting better. I hear you. Hey, Gary, man, you have a blessed week. If you don't mind, you put me on hold. I definitely tune in with you next uh, Tuesday, and we'll talk about hopefully a victory next week. You got it. Talk to you then. Thanks for uh, calling. Okay, now. All right. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 954, where you're now live on Game Sport Live. Hello, you with us? Hey, Gary, hear me? Yep, how are you? Who's how are you doing? I'm good, how you doing? Oh, this is Jay. Hey, Jay, what you got for us tonight? How are we doing? Oh, no, I was actually just listening, but I did have a question for you, and I'll be honest so quick. Um, as far as the uh, DB depth goes, I noticed uh, you think it's going to be five of them playing with uh, Crawford being the fifth guy, or how do you see that rotation going between Gunter Elder uh, you know, Artie, Tracy, and, and uh, Antonio. I think they're all going to play a lot. You know, I don't, I don't know who the coaches are going to pick to be the first two guys out there, but I think they're all going to play a lot. I, I think the way college football is today, you're, you're playing nickel defense, I think, like 60% of the time anyway. Yeah, uh, I agree. I was going to say, Petrino's going to have three, four wide sets probably 80% of the yeah. game anyway. So they're all going to be out there, you know, and, and I right. think at times you might, you might even see like a Dion Bush uh, drop down and play a little corner as well. Um, and get th- three safeties in the game, depending on, on how D'Onofrio wants the scheme. But at that position, I think the important thing is that it's very much improved. I, I, I mean, I know that I would say it's the most improved position on the football team. I've seen a marked difference in the way those guys have performed this fall. They're all going to be out there, and I think they have a chance to help the defense be better this year. I agree with that. And also the uh, rush rotation with uh... – do you think we can see, you know, Muhammad and McCord play more than, you know, third down twisting situations? Because I feel like last year, I mean, to be honest with you, I think McCord almost single-handedly won us that uh, U.S. game. You know, it's his two stacks, four fumbles uh, at the end, the one that set up the winning touchdown, to be honest with you. And, yeah. I mean, these guys have talent. They're, they're, we've got a top five defensive end in the country the last few years between him, so he, you know, Muhammad. Chad Thomas this year. I mean, we, there, there's definitely depth there. I think these guys got to be on the field more so than just third down, third and nine situations to where, you know, they can be out there second down and not twist. Because last year, you know, I know they were undersized, but 
it wasn't fair to them. I mean, I saw them somewhat breaking loose. But, you know, when they're in the game, I felt like a lot of times it was telegraphed on what they were going to do. Do you not agree with that? I, I do to a point. I mean, you know, I, I think Mahomes forced to play before he was ready last year, should have been redshirted. Um, and I agree with that. Certain- I think McCord the year before that, too. I agree with that. I- Absolutely, McCord the year before, and you know now you're looking at McCord, who's a third-year player, and he really doesn't have a home right now. I mean, um, I, I think that um, Chicklow's ahead of him. I think Muhammad's ahead of him. Um, I think Chad Thomas is probably ahead of him. So you know, it's going to really be up to him when he gets opportunities to be on the field. Uh, those guys are going to have to make plays if they if they want to get get into games, and uh, that's what's going to tell the story. It's going to be their performance. No, I agree with that. I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm not on McCord bandwagon. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I'm just saying. I th- I've seen that kid make play. You know, Virginia Tech even his freshman year, Thursday night. I mean, he he changed that game. The problem the is he's kind you know, of he a made... wiener, man. You know, he's he's he like is. too no, I agree. too big to be a linebacker. He's not big enough to be a defensive end. Um, probably should have been developed as a linebacker from day one. Uh, but they didn't have the luxury. They were trying to find pass rushers. Yeah. They they turned them into a rush end and. You know, now he's a junior and just a tough. Where's tough the time football. gone? I hear you. Yeah, time goes yeah, fast, I, man. You know, once they start preparing for those games, the time goes fast. You know. No, I know. No, I know. Four years has gone in the blink. Some of these guys, you realize, you know, they're. It's hard to believe he's a junior. I remember watching him in the uh, the army game. Yep. It's like, man, you know, here he is. To see that, I'm not. I, I mean, I actually think he's probably one of the better playmakers. So when he has an opportunity, I'm not saying he's. A great player with you know what we've had in the past. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, I think guys need to maybe hopefully see the field more. You know, you're older, you're stronger. I know he's a tweener, but you know, there's got to be some somewhere where hopefully they get him on the field. Because well, is not a pass rusher. I mean, I, guys, that's the problem too. I don't know what kind of defense we run. We run a three four. We want a four three. I mean, you know, they think he's a Russian, but he's he's got his hand in the dirt. You're running both. You know, you, uh, you're running. You're, you know, you're running a four three most of the time on first down. And then, right. depending on the down and distance on second down, you could be running either or. And on third down, you know, I think you're going to usually be in that in a three four with the, with the fourth guy being that rush that rush end, you know. Yeah, not here. You know, I think. Hope that, we change it up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what you're going to see most of the time. Well, but uh, all right. Well, hey, thanks for appreciate, uh, appreciate the show. Yeah, keep me on hold yep. if you don't mind, so I can hear you. You can so listen. Yep, you got it. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're talking Canes football on a Tuesday night, and let's go out to now the 770, where you are now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's up? Doing good. Who's this? It's Steve from hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, man yeah, in a while. Yeah, we haven't spoken to you since last season. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. I've been, you know, I had to take a sabbatical. You yeah, took I a sabbatical? Was, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, I, think, I think you won the vote last year for everybody's favorite caller each week. So, uh, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. What, what do you have tonight? No, I was just listening. I, I, I hope um, that, that freshman can um, hold his own. I think it's all preparation from the coaches getting them, you know, what they do in practice. Better, you know, get them ready for the game. But as far as um, everything else, I've just been sitting back, you know, relaxing, hoping for a good season. And um, you think Chad Thomas 
Chad Thomas can't be on the second two deep? Yeah, he is. He'll be on the two deep to start the year. Oh, all right. No doubt. He's got more potential than anybody on that defensive line. It's it's just a matter of his body growing into the job, of him you know, learning a little bit better technique than what he had in high school. He could get away with whatever he wanted to do in, in high school. It's a little bit different now in college. So it's an adjustment for any freshman. And defensive line, oh, is a tough, that's a tough spot to play your first game out of the box. But he's got a ton of talent. He'll, he'll continue to increase his role as the year goes on, I'm pretty sure. So did the coaches go um, do any um, off-season training themselves? Did any, any um, go get, pick any other coaches' brains you know of? Um, oh, yeah, I would. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, I'm not sure who went where, but they always do uh-huh. stuff like that and, and try to go out at least for a week or two uh, during the off-season and, and learn and, and observe what other people are doing. Um, I, I know there were some trips, but I can't tell you specifically where – which guys went where? Well, all right, I ain't got much tonight. I'm gonna um, kick back and listen. Put me on hold. Yeah, you gotta wait. I got you don't my get fired up yesterday. You don't get fired up till the games begin, Steve. We 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 know all. Yeah. Your personality would be a lot more animated next Tuesday night. Yeah. All right. Well, put me on hold. I got my season tickets yesterday, though. Oh yeah, you gonna make it down for a few games? Yeah, maybe. Maybe three this year, three or four. All right, good. Good for you. And we're coming to Atlanta this year, too, so maybe we can see you when we come up there. All right, right. that'll work. Yep, we'll put you on hold. Talk to you next week. Uh, We have some breaking news in recruiting right now. Um, We're hearing that Drew Gallitz, the kicker, the real talented kicker who's been a, a Miami commitment, has decommitted from the Canes and decided that he now is going to go to Baylor. Um a little bit surprising, uh, and that's a big loss. He is uh, one of the top kickers in the country. Um, looks like he's going to be a defection from the recruiting class. All right, let's go out now to the 401, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Calvin. What's up, Calvin? What um, you got? Um, I was calling because I was um, wanting to ask you a question. Have you seen the um, Sun Sentinel with Duke Johnson calling out the kids from South Florida? I heard about it. Um, you know, that's just Duke doing his part, you know, to try to help local recruiting. And he's saying to the kids in town, hey, be like me. Look at me. I was committed to Miami from day one when I was in high school. I decided to stay home and help build this football program, and now look at me. I'm a star running back. I'm getting ready to go to the National Football League, and if I stay healthy this year, I'm going to be a first-round pick. And he was just saying, follow my, my, follow my lead, follow my example. Yeah, because I, I'm saying I heard you talking last week, and I think that was the reason why the kid Johnson from, um, I guess that's Killeen, I think that's what it was. Killian, Miami Killian. No, that's not why he committed. Yeah. He, you know, he, oh, okay. he he committed because he, he well, I mean, it was Florida State or Miami the the whole the whole time, or it was well, it was Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Those were the schools he was looking at the most, and I think he began to see that he might not have a place at Florida State, that they might be taking a couple other kids instead of him, and I think he at that point he decided he better lock up a spot at Miami before Miami did the same thing, and 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 that's why he committed last year. Yeah, okay, because I, I was just thinking that, you know, 
he was calling out a lot of kids and a lot of recruits that down there to get them to, you know, not try to venture out too far because he was saying that you go into other towns making them, they school hot instead of making your own school in Miami hot. Yeah, well, he's 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 right. They are. <laughs> um, but Miami's, you know, Miami's doing all right. They just Miami just needs to win. Okay, this, you know, these coaches need to just prove to everybody that they that they can win something. And once they do that, I think the floodgates are going to open up even further in recruiting than what they are right now. All right, Gary. That's all I had to. You know, only thing I had to say is see what your take was on the on the um the article. All right. Well, thanks thanks so much for calling the show tonight. Uh, hope you can give us a call down the road. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the two zero five, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This this big slaughter five. Hey, what's up, big slaughter? <laughs> Nothing, man. Just got out of football practice, man. <laughs> yeah, what you got? To, uh, how, how'd your team do? Uh, we won. We played. Uh, we played on ESPNU last week. Um, I, I coached at Leeds. I coached the running backs at Leeds. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of people haven't. No, I'm surprised nobody touched on this. But you know the Bo Salen there. What's up with him, man? I had big. I had high hopes on that kid. What happened yeah, with him? It was a bunch of hype over nothing, to be honest with you. A really nice kid. I mean, a super nice kid. As nice a kid as you'll ever meet. You know, if you have a daughter, you'd love for him to be dating her and all that. But just couldn't. you really just couldn't play. You know, he's too slow. And uh, Standish Dobard blew right past him in spring practice. And, you know, Clive Walford's still there. And um, he just wasn't going to see a lot of field time this year. And I guess he decided that he would rather try to rush – out and try to go somewhere where he can play this year, and we'll see how that works out. I I think that's asking a lot, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm pretty I mean, sure he has a degree. You know, I think he has his degree already, and um, I guess he didn't want to put in all that time and 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 not play. That's kind of that's just kind of well, I, I don't get that. I mean, you know, Bear, you know, don't want nobody to get hurt, but you never know. You know, never know when you're gonna play. You're always supposed to be ready. I don't think you should rough them. You know, that's yeah, I don't, choice. I, I don't, think I don't you disagree. With you. I don't disagree with you at all. In fact, I've been kind of expecting the coaches to talk him out of leaving. Um, yeah. You know, we'll see what happens there. But um, as of yesterday, it was looking like that he was looking into transfers. Okay. Um, with the um, with the with the quarterback situation, man, it's, it, um, we could. I don't think we would have went wrong either way if we wouldn't went with Heath. You know, we we still would have been pretty good. But um, I think we won't have no setback with Kai either just because we have such, you know, so many veterans around him that can kind of, you know, kind of guide him, you know, bring him along, you know, until he get comfortable, until he get his feet wet. So I think he's going to, you know, yeah, I think he'll have a couple of mistakes. He's going to take his loss. But I think he, I think as the season gets better, he's going to, he's going to start picking around, you know, spe- um, around when we get to probably Nebraska or something like that, he get a couple of cupcakes, um, you know, after the Louisville game. But, I, you know, I think I, I like I like the choice Golden did, man. He showed that he's 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 trying to win. He's not being conservative, which I always thought he was, you know, too conservative. Well, I see he, he's stepping out there on a limb this year, and I like that. I mean, he showed me something now, so I'm, I'm regaining a little faith in him. <laughs> so. I I don't know how how all you guys are doing this. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm I'm reading the message boards. I even saw one guy today predict that Brad Kaya is going to be a Heisman candidate. 
as a oh, man, I'm not saying that. I and, think he's gonna. No, no, I no. Gonna well, be... <laughs> I mean, you know, but but I, I know you're not. But I, I just I'm watching all these predictions and I'm sitting back saying, how are these people doing this? Because you know, I have no idea what the heck's gonna happen. I really don't. I mean, I respect how difficult this thing is gonna be. Um, I, res- I respect the atmosphere that's going to be in place up there, the nerves that are g- going to be going on through this kid and, and everything else. And, um, man, I'm not making any crazy predictions. You know, I, I just want to sit back and, and watch it all unfold. And, um, I mean, I think common sense dictates that this could be a little bit of a work in progress this year at quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised to see James play quite a bit this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Williams come back and claim some playing time this year. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Brad Kaya went through the whole season as the starter. So um, nothing would surprise me, but I, I don't think any of it is predictable right now. I understand that. The reason why I think he's going to do pretty good. I mean, I read I read, I read Kane Sports every day, and from the details that you give me that you've been giving us, you know, I see that he, he hits his check now. And the last quarterback we had that did that, we did great. If you look at Stephen Morris, you looked at Ja'Cory Harris, none of those QBs for the past six years never do, do the check down route. And by him yep. just doing that shows me that he's smart enough to not force anything. So that's why I think he's going to be – he's going to do a lot, you know, do pretty good this year. He's going to gain a lot of yards from Duke, he's gonna, you know, from his tight end because Morris didn't use the tight ends nor um, Harris. They didn't utilize the tight end when they wide open. They tried to force it downfield and throw it between two people. That's why I the think back. this kid. I, I, exactly. Or oh, that's why I think he. I, I see the intelligence. He he know he lets the game. Uh, from what I what I what I've been reading, you know, he lets the game come to. He takes what the defense get him, give him. He don't try to force anything. And I think that's what we need. I don't. We don't need nobody trying to force it. Force feed. You know, Barcet um, just because he runs a four two. You know. And he, it, we just need a man. We just need we just need Kaya to be a game manager. This we don't need him to beat nobody with his arm. Well, and I J- think he's James, smart enough to do that. James Coley is doing a phenomenal job coaching those quarterbacks this year. He really is, and um, you know he he has taught them take what's there and, and not try to force things that aren't. And obviously, with the receiver core that you have here on this football team, they're going to want to go down the field at times. I don't think there's any question about that. But if it's not there, these quarterbacks are being taught to take the, the check downs, dump the ball off to Duke or, or Yerby, and hit the tight ends and, and just keep the offense moving forward as, a point, as opposed to taking negative plays. Prime example. Let me, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off. Prime example. Jameis Winston. He killed us by doing that. He killed Auburn by doing the same thing. Every, all year, Jameis Winston, not, not saying he's James, you know, Jameis Winston, but as far as the intelligence. He uses check downs very, very wisely, and I love that about the kid. You know, he did. He even did that in high school. I played my my younger brother played against him in high school a couple of um, well, a couple of a couple of years. Um, but you know, he utilized his back. You know, Freeman would used to get in spacing and you know run fifteen twenty yards and move the chain. You know, we get third and five and run a flare route and you know just um, Stephen Morris trying to throw the the, the deep post. And you know you got Duke or somebody wide open, you know. So I mean, I just I, that's that's just the, that's the aspect of Kaya's game that, from what I've heard, that's what I love the most. I know he got a well, strong arm. Um, I seen him play, but I just like it smart. I think we just Duke, need a smart quarterback right now. Duke Johnson did not touch the ball enough last year in the passing game when 
before he got hurt. That has to change this year, and I think it will. Okay, well, um, you know, um, I, you can just keep me on hold. I just want to hear your opinion on, on those things. Um, All right, you, you got to hate one, things. One, one more question. One more question. I'm sorry. One more question. One more question. Um, so when I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart, so is Malcolm Lewis a starter or is Coley the starter? <laughs> if Coley is not a starter, um, man, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. But um, I'm sorry I, cause I, when I read it, it said you know it, it said that he, he, he was he was second string one last time I read the depth chart. I, I think it'll depend on, on it'll it'll depend on what the play is, the first play of the game. But I'll be shocked if Stacy Coley isn't out there okay. on the field uh, for, for that one. I mean, you're you're talking about an talent at receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that had me scratching my head right there. Yeah, there, you know, listen, there, training camp. I mean, you're a football coach. You you know what training yeah. camp is like, and you know, they yeah they play with the depth chart to keep the kids interested and. Um, you know that that kind of stuff. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. Stacy Coley is one of the better receivers in the country and runs routes as well as anybody in America. So um, he'll be out there. Okay. Well, um, all right. You know, well, just well, keep well, me on hold. Yep, you'll be on hold and uh, give us a call uh, next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You're welcome to call in and uh, join the party. This is your night, man, the night when the Canes Nation gets together. Guys from all over the country who share this passion for Miami football and uh, talk to their buddies for two hours. It's, um, it's a phenomenal thing. And let's uh, continue the show now by going out to the 904, where you're now live on Cane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is... Uh... Big Al from Jacksonville. Hey, what's up, Big Al? Um, uh, lifetime fan, man. I, I read, I read the boards, read the posts every day, multiple times a day. Got a good, good following here in Jacksonville. Oh, cool. I Alan, Alan Hearns is falling out a little bit up there, huh? Oh, man, he's, you know, he's taking the opportunity and he is, he is running through the door. It's, uh, it's fantastic to see because uh, him and Linder. Um, and, and you know what? I'll even call Storm uh, one of our own, man. I. Unfortunate because I think he would have stayed with the team had we not been under the cloud at the time. Well, you know, um, Allen was a very good player here, and I always thought that he could be an NFL receiver. He is consistent, if anything. He is uh, he is consistent, and that's what it takes in the NFL, in my opinion. Yep. So, what do you want to talk about tonight? Man, I got a couple of things, dude. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. Uh, things I, I read the board all the time. A couple of things I haven't really seen you address. A, um, I agree with the check down on the Kaya. Man, if he can do that, we're 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 doing well um, moving forward. Um, he's going to have his bumps and bruises. We're going to all hold seat belts to our chest um, all year. I, I know it. A um, couple of things. Tracy Howard falling out with the ones. Um, just your opinion on that. At, at least I know it's. I know it's. I haven't seen him a whole lot. I know we all haven't seen him a whole lot. What's it mean to you? Uh, kicking with the Gallus decommitment. Um, what's your thoughts on the punter and the kicker? Because that's a huge portion of today's game. Uh, and lastly, the impact of of our of our linebacker situation. Man, we got four linebackers right now. Two are raw freshmen, so that's six. And how's that play out in your mind with the three four scheme that we're trying to go to? Is this the next D tackle position 
like travesty that's going on because that's kind of what I'm seeing. We only have three recruits right now, and I think they're average at best. Um, all right, I'll go backwards. Uh, linebackers, yes, I absolutely do think it's something for you to be concerned about. Um, not a lot of depth there, a lot of youth, um, not a, a true pipeline building in the program right now. And um, right. For, for whatever reason, they have struggled a little bit recruiting at that position. And uh, they're going to have to continue to address it. But uh, right now, it, w- without question, is a little light. And, I mean, a lot of pressure on Rafael Kirby to step up this year and be a much better player than he, than he, than he was a year ago. If he is not, it's going to be a tough, tough chore for this defense to perform significantly better. Because, you know, you know how critical the linebackers are. I mean, you can't, you can't play defensive football without good linebackers. You, you just can't. And... And on top you know, of that, we've been blaming the deep tackles for the linebacker play, and now we've got, we got the linebacker play that may not even be at that level. No kidding. Yeah, and, you know, I, yeah. I'm not convinced that the deep tackle position's been fixed either. I mean, Michael Weish coming in out of shape like this and, and not being able to step in from day one and be a, be a, a guy that you can count on there, um, I think is a huge deal, huge deal. And, but, you know, now you're um, – you know, you're counting on um, Hurtaloo, who has taken a big step forward here this fall and did get himself in shape over the summer, um, t- to be much more than, say, what a Curtis Porter was. And I'm not convinced no that he is. i got to yeah. see it. I, you yeah. know, I don't like to s- just talk. You know, I want to I, I see things <laughs> out there on Monday night before we start declaring guys, you know, ready for primetime players. And um, so I'm not convinced that defensive tackle isn't still – a big problem on this team. And uh, I, I think linebacker is also, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform. Oh, on that now, though, don't um, you think at kicking, defensive tackle, we have enough bodies to rotate in to take, to absorb oh, offensive linemen though. I mean, just absolutely. the number should can rotate. rotate through. Yeah. They can rotate bodies all day long. I mean, tons of bodies there. No it, doubt about it. It should be improved for that alone. I mean, but I the think. question is, is there, are there guys there that, that are going to be able to make plays? You know, are there guys there? Are they going to be able to get penetration? Are they going to be able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage? That's that's what you know. You won't know until the games begin. But to me, that's a huge question mark. And I agree with you. Linebacker is a big question mark. Now, the kicker recruitment. I I I think losing this kid is a big deal. But it's also early enough in the equation that you can replace him. Um, So I do think that they'll have time to go out there and 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 get another kicker. And as to your first. question um i think it was about tracy howard in, as a starter yes, and, and and here's what i think i think that you've got four cornerbacks that are pretty close to equal i'm not sure that there's a ton of separation there and i think the coaches are trying to reward corn elder and reward Artie burns for the hard work that they've put in and and the fact that they've improved their game in the off season and i think that's Agreed. why you see you know, the depth chart changing every couple days and and all that movement. But like I said earlier in the show, every single one of those guys is going to play a lot. Um, You're in nickel coverage 60% of the time anyway. So last one here, last last one here is with the kicking game being the way it is, we had the guy locked down. Now he's decommitted and going to Baylor. I don't see him coming back in any way, shape, or form. I mean, are we looking at trying to recruit another guy? Are we trying to go to waiver wire? And then uh, the only other thing is, 
you know, I'm a firm believer in red shirt is the way to the championship. You got to get D tackle Moten in particular to red shirt. And now it looks like he's going to play some kind of substantial time based on the last thing that I read. Your thoughts? They they don't believe in red shirting here. <laughs> they, I know that. I know that. I mean, I see I, that. I, I think all you guys have done too good of a job of being on these coaches' butts the first three years. They don't. They don't believe in redshirting. Uh, these guys are trying to win now, and they, they enjoy living in, in South Florida, and they want to keep their jobs, and they want to make you guys happy. And they're playing everybody that they think that they that can help them at all win football games. And and wow. you know they'll worry about recruiting the next generation three four years down the road. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be. I, I, you know, I agree. Sometimes it's a vicious circle, and I think that a lot of players maybe because they're not redshirting don't necessarily develop to the degree that they could. But at the same time, not redshirting freshmen is kind of the way of the world right now in college football because of the pressure on coaches and and the fact that if you don't win, you're going to be out on the street. And uh, obviously nobody wants that to happen. I understand. understand. Hey, well, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate appreciate all that you do, man. Yeah, no, no problem. And in terms of that kicker recruiting situation, yeah, there, there's enough time to go chase other kids. I mean, this just happened tonight. You know, they may not yeah. even know about it yet. I mean, you know, he was a the kicker coach, punter though. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he was a very good prospect. I, um, I know. They uh, got a both ways. Ah. Yeah. But they got our, our the Brown men. They got him to stay home, at, you know, or at least for now, stay home at Baylor. So. Um, Give Baylor credit. I don't think it's so indifferent than Miami getting a Miami kid to stay home, and you know when he's originally committed somewhere else. So, um, you know, good job by Baylor, but they have time to recover from it. All right, man. I appreciate it. You guys have yep. a good night. Go Kane. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for being part of the show. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the five zero two. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Hunter. Actually, I live in the Louisville area, so I'm hearing yeah, all kinds of stuff up here right now. 502. That's Louisville. How are things going up yeah. there? It's it's going good. I'm hearing a lot of talk, especially with uh, Devontae Parker going down. That's what I wanted to ask. Uh, does this really change our defensive scheme with him going out? Are we going to be able to spread things out and not double team him with him being out? Oh, I think so. I think it's a definite game changer and, and game plan changer. Um, Devontae Parker is an elite receiver, a guy that Louisville was going to build their offense around, a guy that I think would have caught nine, ten balls a game for that team. And to have him out, a devastating blow for Bobby Petrino, a devastating blow for Lamar Thomas, who was the receivers coach at Louisville and was putting so much of himself into Devontae Parker because he felt that he could be so great and he felt like he saw a little bit of himself in Devontae Parker. Um, but yes, it will change the game plan. I don't think there's any question about that. And um, it hurts Louisville. Yeah, and I had one more question. Uh, say Brad Kaya comes in and does good for two, three games. Is there going to be a chance with Ryan Williams coming back maybe to, for him to just jump in that starting role? Or would they just keep going with Kaya in the hot hand? I think everything is going to depend on how Kaya does. You know, I mean, if, if Kaya is performing well, I don't see them sitting him down to put Ryan Williams back in. And um, I'll tell you, Ryan Williams is where he's working like crazy to try to get back. I mean, he declared himself 85% yesterday. He was out there working harder today than he has at any time in the fall. 
Um, he sees what's going on here, and, and um, you know, he sees his football career sliding away, and um, he's working hard to get himself ready so that if an opportunity presents itself for him to go in, that he's ready to go. Um, but honestly, I don't think any of us can predict what's going to happen right now. I mean, we have no idea. I mean, you know, a lot of people would tell you that there's that there's no way Brad Kaya survives this, that he's going to be a nervous wreck Monday night and, and it's going to be a disaster. Um, others would, would say, hey, you know, Kaya is, is going to be the next Jim Kelly and it's going to be phenomenal. So nobody really knows um, what's going to happen out there on Monday night and beyond. And it's going to be, a, a, you know, a fluctuating situation probably for the whole year. Well, I agree. And I have, I have uh, one thing to say. Uh, for this is to all the Miami fans that are coming up to Louisville. We have a big tailgating area. So far, we have like 300 Miami fans that are coming up here to tailgate. It's about two blocks from the stadium. Where are you guys doing? So Where we, is it? How do people find uh, it? It's, act, it? it's actually on the corner of Central and Third. It's a parking lot that holds about 200 parking spots, and we're going to be doing tailgating there from. 12 o'clock till game time. We got a DJ. We're going to have food, uh, all wow. kinds of stuff going on. But we have all kinds of people meeting up there. So it's going to be a real big thing. And if, uh, if anybody wants to, in, you know, find out any information, uh, I could give my phone number out. They can call me because me and a couple no, of the people are handling all of it. No, no, no. Okay, no, okay, no, okay. Don't, don't but, do that any person. Or, or no. yeah, just, you, you already just, gave uh, the address. Say, say what's yeah. the streets against Central and, and, on the corner of Central and Third, it's about okay. two blocks from the stadium. Yeah, on Central and Third, it's going to be a big Miami tailgating thing. So, yeah, anybody that wants to wants to join that party now knows to go to Central and Third in the few hours leading up to kickoff. Are you, how many cases of beer are you buying? Oh, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> All right. So, if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, I'm from Canesport.com," you going to throw them a Heineken or something? Hey, we'll, we'll have a bottle ready for them. All right. <laughs> All right, man. We'll All right, keep, thank you, uh, keep, keep things going up there, and uh, everyone will be up there probably Sunday. So uh, looking All forward right, thank to Thank you that. very much. Yes, sir. All, All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 501, where you're now live on Game Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is uh, Alex have... up in Little Rock, man, Arkansas Kane. I talked to oh, you yeah? a couple of weeks ago. How's Randy doing? Well, I guess he's, man, not, he's hey, not a little. Hey, you know how he's doing, man. Uh, they got their hands full up here. I'm, you know, I'm like a, a duck without water sitting up here in the midst of all these Razorback fans being a hurricane guy myself. But, you know, I can stand tall because I got five national championships in my pocket. So don't too many people mess with me. <laughs> Yeah. But, I, don't think, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, counter-arguments that people can make to that in Arkansas. No, they don't have too much to say. I, I usually end the argument as soon as I start calling out five national titles and along with the who's who that's played for the U. That usually ends all the argument and all the conversation. Um, how's everything going down there? I got a couple of questions I wanted to ask you um, because I know you probably can give me a little more insight on it. When we talked before, um, we were talking about the linebacker depth and uh, losing Figs and Jawan Blue. And um, I had a question. I know they didn't know at the time, but 
just considering even with those two guys not being there this year, it still seems like our linebacker crew is a little bit unproven and still a little bit, you know, shaky and untested. Um, and I wanted to know what was the difference between what Eddie Johnson did that they wouldn't allow him to come back and as opposed to giving a guy, say, like Kevin Olson several chances and, you know, he's facing a, a possible or potential suspension due to drug use right now or failing a drug test, but you're going to allow him to go ahead and stay. And as a, I don't know what Eddie all did, but I was just wondering about that, considering the fact that we're kind of short on the linebacker crew. Well, it, 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 it's seriousness of the offense. I mean, at, at that point it becomes a university issue. It's not a football issue. And, you know, I don't think, you know, you know, failing a couple um, drug tests, if that is what happened with Kevin Olson, which has been uh, been rumored is at the same level as, you know, raping a little girl in the dorms. So, you know, I, I mean. Is that what Eddie did? Is that no, what Eddie Johnson did? No, 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 no. That, but but that's what uh, Figueroa is, is charged with. And, um, you know, Eddie Johnson had a, had a different issue, but it, it was not uh, failed drug tests. But, you know, my point is, you know, I, I think that it's seriousness of the issues involved and, and the university makes judgments on those things. And I think they've handled them well. I mean, fortunately for UM, uh, I don't think they've had a lot of these issues. And it's certainly not in comparison to other schools like Florida and some others around the country. Um, but when they do happen and they're serious, they send the kids packing. And, they, and that's probably what they should do. Um, right. Figueroa, no, it's a, that's a big loss. No, I wasn't. I wasn't saying that the uh, Figueroa and Blue thing wasn't serious. What I was saying was I didn't know exactly what happened with Eddie Johnson, why they wouldn't let him consider coming back. Because I didn't know exactly what had happened for them to uh, boot him off. I knew he did a lot of stuff, but I didn't know exactly, you know, the seriousness of it or anything like that. Yeah, he. he I mean I... – I don't want to say too much because I don't remember all the gory details and and I don't like to talk about legal things like that and not be 100% right. But um, it was serious enough for them to say goodbye to him and it was right. serious enough that it was serious enough that when he wanted to come back they said no. Um, right. So, okay. That was and, my and it thing. Wasn't he, it wasn't because he couldn't play football. You know, he was a pretty okay. good linebacker. You know, he, right. He that's that's good. what I wanted to know. That's what I wanted to know. Um, also, I wanted to ask you as well. I was kind of – I've watched that Louisville tape several times, and I know, you know, at a certain point where you know as a football team you're going to keep fighting and you're not giving up. And I know since Coach Golden has been our coach that a lot of people who watch us and people who are on the outside who really aren't Canes fans, they kind of say, well, hey, you guys don't – you don't play aggressive like you used to and things like that. And I was watching that game, and I saw where that kicker, man – went up to uh, Burns and just left, right, left on him, man. And, you know, number one, he didn't do anything, which I'm kind of okay with that because I know Coach Golden has kind of tried to instill a more disciplined approach. But my thing was I didn't see any of the teammates run over there, and it looked like that that was number seven. I think that was Gus that just walked right by him and watched him hit him with the left, right, left, you know. And, you know, and as a Canes fan, that's kind of hard to take because, you know, that would have never happened 
several years back. Yeah, I mean, I think... And, and I, mean, I wanted argument. to get your take on it, because you see them live in person more. Are they still aggressive and play with intensity, or does it just seem that way when we're on national TV? I, I think they could use a few more guys with a little bit of that. I, I, I guess the term that the players like to use is dog in them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that would hurt this this team and this program at all. Um We'll, you know, we'll see how they show up this year. You know, I mean, every year is a new year. And, you know, I think every year you guys are probably hoping that it's going to be better than the year before. And it hasn't been that way in a while. Um, but, you know, all we can do is just, you know, you, you just got to wait and see what happens, you know. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record in that regard, but I just don't don't believe in a lot of talk. You know, I, I believe yeah, in yeah. what happens on the field speaks for itself, you know. And, uh well, we're I, I, I listen to you, and I, I listen to you a lot, Gary, and I read what you write and what you post, and I don't. I try not to be one of those fans. Sometimes I get emotional when it comes to the Hurricanes, and I think with my heart and not always with my head, and I've gotten into trouble the last couple of years because I've talked a lot of noise about us being back and doing certain things, and we just wasn't able to do it, you know, team-wise, but you know, I kind of paid attention to what you've been writing here during the camp. And I noticed, you know, you've been upbeat about several other positions and the battles and things like that, but you've kind of been reserved on anointing them as as being, you know, ready to go into Louisville and handle business. And so that's kind of got me a little bit on the unsure side. Well, the thing that, the thing that I am looking at is like you <laughs> I'm, I'm a glutton you know we're, we're, we're like we're, 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 we're one of you know we're gluttons for punishment I guess you could say and you know like you I, I have watched that Louisville game up in Orlando a few times and you know that's the last time that this team's been on the field and honestly I couldn't believe my eyes at what I was watching out there you know and I know some people are trying to watch it with rose-colored glasses and say, oh, geez, the first half wasn't that bad. It could have been a close game, yada, yada, yada. What I saw was a Louisville team that stomped all over Miami and could pretty much do whatever they wanted in that game, and a Louisville team that shut down their offense early in the third quarter and probably could have put 50 points up on the board if that's what they wanted to do. And now, seven months, eight months later, you're hoping – that everything has changed, and yes, some guys have left that program, and some guys have left the Miami program, and you're hoping that this whole chemistry change has totally turned the tide on all of those things, and um, you know, that's great, and and it's what everybody, I think, who's listening to the show tonight wants to see, but I think that you have to see it, you know, it's going to happen, it's going to be reality, and you know, that's the way I look at it. I do understand that. My my thing is, as a fan, I just, you know, I get emotional, as I said, when I watch them, when I read about them, even when I watch the videos and stuff. And, man, I tell you, my thing is I just hope that each kid that plays for the U, man, understands, and, and no matter what, they play with a passion and a chip on their shoulder. And I just, you know, I just kind of watched that, man, when that kicker went up and hit him with the left, right. Not only that, you know, Louisville dancing all around, they taunting us. We would have never taken that, man, years ago. 
There's no way. They would have let the little cornerback stand over there on our sideline and talk noise, games. He would have never been able to stand over there on our sideline and talk noise to us the whole game. I know he's from Miami Central. I understand that. But, man, it's just no way. Somebody would have laid him out. Here's what I'll say. When when you lose to Duke yeah, by, a, by, a, by, a, by a decisive margin, you know, yeah. when, you get, when you get stomped on at home by Virginia Tech, right. you know, when you're, when you're getting your butt kicked in the bowl game in Orlando, I don't think that that generates swag. I don't, I don't think that generates, right. you know, right. macho mindsets. You know, I, Absolutely. I think, I, I think that that creates a defeated football team and, and, a, and a football team that's hanging on by a thread just trying to finish the season. And, uh, absolutely. I think that's a lot of what you're seeing, uh, you know. I appreciate that, Gary. I, you're absolutely right. That does make really good sense. I understand that because, I mean, just the fact that we're having that conversation saying that we've lost to Duke, what, what two years in a two times, two, two years in a row now, right? No, 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 only once. <laughs> only, only. I mean, it just seems like it because I can't believe sometimes that we have that conversation and have to talk about losing to them. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, man, I'm really hoping. I hadn't jumped out on the limb and proclaimed that, you know, it's back to the, to the you world. But, I mean, I'm hoping that they will at least join the fight because the fans are already there. The fans are there, man. They 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 ready to jump in with them, and like you said earlier, I think you guys said a couple of callers earlier. If they can get over the hump and just prove that they can win some games, man, it will open up everything for them. So I mean, I appreciate you saying that. Well, you know, everyone talks about the Miami swag of old and and all that. You know, people forget that what what created that mindset was excellence and winning. And, and and I think that has to come first before you see you know the, the rest because it doesn't mean anything if you're not if you're not winning you know if you're not good you know all the tough guy nonsense means absolutely nothing you know right right absolutely right, well, thank you absolutely. thank you so much for um, for being part of the show hope you'll give us a call again next week you know I will man see you soon all right man. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Great show so far, guys, and uh, let's continue it now, going to the 786, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Um, next stop is the... Got to check my list. Make sure I'm not bringing somebody on twice. The 941, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Max Lopez calling from Port Charlotte. Hey, what's up, Max? Oh, pretty good. I kind of wanted to touch on what you were talking about a little bit uh, with the other caller about the kind of the, the beatdown that Louisville gave us. But I want to direct it more towards um, how do you see the Miami O-line stacking up against the Louisville D-line? especially since it's such a crucial first game for the future of the Hurricanes and Kaya Ocho. Well, I'll tell you, they're not going to play worse than they played in Orlando. I'll tell you that. I mean, that was embarrassing. It really was. I mean, you know, I was embarrassed for those guys, the way they played in, in Orlando and how ill-prepared that they 
looked to be and how they never were able to adjust to some of the things that Louisville was, was doing in that game. Great job by Louisville on defense, no question about it. But Miami's offensive line, which was a veteran group, should have been better than what it was. Okay, so now what happens next? Okay, obviously you've got a new defensive system at Louisville. You've got a new coordinator coming in, so everything won't be the same. But those guys watch game film, and, and I guarantee you that Todd Grantham, the new coordinator up at Louisville, has spent a lot of time this summer watching what Charlie Strong's guys um, did to Miami in the Russell Athletic Bowl. So how does Miami counter that? Uh, I'm sure they – they spent a lot of time of their own here in the offseason looking at their protection schemes and things like that. Um, I think you can look to see some, some new, new wrinkles and, and new approaches uh, brought into the mix uh, this year um, in, in terms of protections and, and things like that. And, and you go out there and you, you try to be tougher and you try to be better. Um, is Louisville going to bring it? I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, you know, I think they would have brought it if Jake Heaps was the quarterback. I mean, they're going to come after Miami's quarterback in this game. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. And the offensive line, as well as the backs picking up blitzes and stuff, are, are going to have to step up to the plate. Right. And you kind of answered my second question. Uh, my second question was going to be is how do you see, you know, with Louisville having a new D coordinator, does that play into Miami's favor? And, and building upon that, um, you know, they did whip Miami on, on the lines, and that was with Miami having quite a few uh, D-line prospects that are going to play and are playing in, in the NFL. Uh, so, like I said, you kind of did already answer that question. So my last question is, and it, and it pertains to my first two of the O-line versus the D-line, uh, we all love Coach Kehoe's passion and his pedigree and what he brings to the table, but um, I know it might be hard for you to answer this, but how would you rate Coach as an X and O guy who can make the key adjustments needed during the game because we didn't see that in the bowl game. And, and not to bring up a, um, a historic, uh, you know, bad point to all Miami fans, but we didn't see that in uh, the game against Ohio State either when the D-line of Ohio State, you know, kind of got to Dorsey more than it, uh, he got, you know, all, all the rest of the year before that. <laughs> I know I'm getting to an older subject. All but, right. No, but you're, you know, you're right. I mean, you're making you're making some very good points, and 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 you're absolutely right about Coach Kehoe. You know, everybody who's known him and and obviously has nothing but respect, and he is you know one of the more well-regarded offensive line coaches around the country. Um, that Ohio State game, you know, as long ago as it was now, was a game changer for Coach Kehoe because what happened that night was Ohio State threw a lot of schemes um, at the Miami offensive line. And Miami did a very poor job of adjusting to them, very similar to what you saw in the bowl game in Orlando. Um, right. And, and that allowed Ohio State to win that game. And from that point on, I'm not sure that that experience has ever left, you know, the program for one, Coach Kehoe for another one. And I think, you know, when you look at Louisville and how they were preparing for the bowl game last year, remember the defensive line coach um, for Louisville and one of the key defensive assistants was Clint Hurt, who was a Miami guy and, 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 and came through the Miami program. And they did the exact same thing that Ohio State did. Um, they they right. threw a lot of new schemes and wrinkles at the Miami offensive line, and they never adjusted to it and, and never – um, we're able to do it. Now, obviously, there's other moments and other games during the course of this time 
um, and, and you'd have to wipe out the years when, when Coach Keogh was not here where they have been able to adjust and they have made adjustments. It's, it's not like they're doing poorly every single time. But I will agree with what you're saying that when outside coaching staffs are looking at Miami and ways that they're going to attack the Hurricanes and try to win ball games, that throwing wrinkles in, at the offensive line and making them adjust is, is a very obvious part of the strategy sometimes. And um, Now, how does that impact this football game? You know, right. I don't know. I mean, you know, you have a whole body of work by Grantham at Georgia. I can assure you that Miami has watched all those game tapes and seen everything he did up up at Georgia. Um, I think that, you know, you asked about how how does the new coordinator impact the game. I think it impacts the game in Miami's favor because, you know, you have a group of defensive kids up there that are coming off that performance in that bowl game. And it was, I mean, they took a Miami offense that had a lot of pretty good players on it, and they just totally negated it. I mean, Miami was, was nothing on offense in that bowl game in December. Right. And, and we, you know, know, and we take, know that we know that Stephen Morris has, you know, he had some deficiencies as far as check downs and, and, and whatnot, but it, it would, it would almost be foolish for the new D coordinator not to follow the uh, Charlie Strong's regime and, and throw this at least well, try it a few times, you know, well, it's already proven yeah, yeah, that it I could mean, work seven months ago. Well, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, you have these kids that, that just are coming off that experience, and now you've got a whole new coaching staff coming in and a new defensive coordinator, and he's changing everything and putting his system in. And I'll tell you right now, if Miami jumps on these guys early in the first quarter, those kids are going to quit because those kids right. are not going to believe in what they're doing. And, and nope, they I won't, think they won't buy in. No, well, they won't buy in if it's not working. And, and I'll tell you, that to me is one of the intangibles in this football game on Monday night that Miami has going for it the strongest. And I've got some sources up there in Louisville, and I've heard that that team is having a hard time consistently picking up that system. And I hear that the offense has dominated their scrimmages and that there's a lot of concern up there right now, a week before the game or now less than a week before the game, that they are not ready for this ball game. And um, it's going to be interesting, but I think that's one of the hidden edges for Miami going up there is the fact that Louisville is putting in this new defense. It's not proven. And if it's not working, those kids will lose their composure and they will quit. Okay. Good stuff, Gary. And not, not to put you on the spot, but uh, in, in one of my questions, I, how, how do you rate coach Kehoe as, a, as an X and O guy that can, that can make the key adjustments during the game? I think like any other coach, sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. I mean, I don't think there's any coach okay. out there that does great every single ball game. I mean, I've been watching Art a lot this fall, and I'll tell you, he is coaching right now as hard and as and as well as as he's coached, you know, at any time in in his tenure, long tenure at Miami. He he is working it hard trying to develop those kids that he's got um, on that offensive line this year, and and I think he's doing a hell of a job just from what I've seen in practice. I mean, I really like for you know the, the guys that have played a lot, you know. You know, Eric Flowers, Feliciano, Shane McDermott, you know all about those guys. They're veterans. They've played a lot of football. I'm watching, like, Danny Isadora at right guard, a young kid who's going to be playing for the first time. You know, he looks pretty good to me. Um, I'm watching how Casey McDermott, as a true freshman, is developing into a guy that they could put out there the first week of the season. So, and the big challenge of fall camp was developing backups behind those guys. And, and I think he's, you know, he's done a pretty good job bringing along guys like Hunter Wells, for example, and, you know, Gadbois now back in the mix, and Trevor Darling 
is another one. Um, you know, I think it starts to the, – the, the curve starts to tilt a little bit when you get down to like the 8th, ninth, and 10th man. Um, but I think Art's doing a really good job this fall, and I think he's been coaching those guys really hard. Jerry, I appreciate the feedback. And on, on a lighter note, last question. I'll take it to recruiting. Uh, another Kane fan, that's my buddy. He wants to know, what, what do you think are the chances on uh, Kendrick Norton coming to Miami? Um, hard to say right now. You know, I, I think a lot is going to depend on um, how things go with the guys that are committed. Uh, you know, I, I think they're starting to get a little tight on scholarships and don't have an enormous number of spots, and uh, they're going to have to make some decisions on who's really important to them. So I can't really make a prediction on that one right now. Okay. Is he somebody you would want on your team? Well, I, you know, I, I think that like a Tim Irvin, you know, is, is likely right. to commit. That's going to tie up a, a, a spot. Um, so, you know, they're just not going to have many left as they go into, you know, December and January. So, you know, we'll just have to see. Okay, great, Gary. Awesome show. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling. Hopefully you'll give us a call again uh, next week. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 706, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing there tonight? Doing good. How you doing? Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Sebastian. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I want to find out as far as Kane recruiting, as far as my biggest concern is I think they've improved in a lot of positions, but I don't know what their linebacker recruiting is like. And I really, really feel like they're weak in that area. And so if you can just speak to that, when I look at their commitment list, I don't see them as far as targeting a lot of good linebackers, nor do I see them targeting uh, or have a lot of linebacker commits. I know Denzel Perriman's getting ready to graduate. And so I really don't see any playmakers on that side of the ball. So if you can speak to that, that would really, really help me out because I think they have a phenomenal recruiting class, but if they don't address this linebacker position, I'm just not going to be confident in them going forward. You know, you're making a great point. You know, I, I love this show. You guys are, like, really knowledgeable about what you're talking about, and I'd say 99% of the calls on this show are really good calls, and you guys make great points. And, and I agree with you. I, I, I think that linebacker – is a, a place where they're going to have to take a much harder look here in the months before February. Uh, you know, right now I, I think it's three. Let me try to look at the list real quick again. They have, I think, three commitments at that spot. Um, Claude George, Jamie Gordner, um, and Charles Perry. And Charles Perry is a kid that's been committed forever. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to do – deep, deep, deep evaluations on any of those three guys, and uh, I know the Rivals guys have, and they've given them three stars, and I don't think any of them are candidates um, to go to four-star anytime soon, and um, I think that's a spot that they need to take a hard look at here, because it's such a weak point of the existing team, and see if they can upgrade their recruiting at linebacker here in the last uh, six months before signing day. Um, I I would totally agree with you on that. Well, now, what, what do you think our chances are with, like, uh, I think the guy from Palm Beach, uh, Tevin Cooney, Cooney, I've been watching him closely, and I'm thinking, you know, if we can get a commit from a guy like that, I think that would be something positive. If we can maybe pick up that guy from Jacksonville, that would be something positive. But I just don't see the kind of 
targets at linebacker where I think we can begin to develop these guys and build some depth where that's going to really, really make a difference down the road. And so those are the things I'm nervous about. I think we're addressing the defensive tackle position. I think we're solidifying the secondary. But I really, really want to see them make some movement in that particular area before I start to get excited. Well, I mean, how? I mean, I'm not sure they're addressing the defensive tackle position to the degree that they need to either. Um, you know, I, I I'm not convinced that it's fixed right now. I mean, we'll we'll start finding out next Monday night. Um, yeah, good but point. I, I I think this. I hate still, losing Valentine. That's a very very good point. Yeah. I mean, I I think Ryan Fines, who's committed, is 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 a pretty good looking prospect. Um, you know, we'll see what kind of senior year he has. Um, but I don't like who else is there at defensive tackle right now. Nobody. So I think they need to look at defensive tackle. I, I think that they're going to need to look at linebacker more. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of work left here in recruiting, even though they still have, even though they have this long list of commitments. And uh, you know, I don't know. I, I do think there's still some work left to do in 2015. Any play on defense? Do you think we have a good shot at? Uh, too soon to tell. I, I think the guys that you have the best shot at are are for the most part committed right now. I, I think anybody who's not committed right now is going to go into December and January most likely. You don't see a ton of commitments in September and October. Um, and and then I think you know recruiting starts anew really in December. And I think kids that aren't committed. Um, even if they weren't considering your school, if you have a good season and you can entice them, um, you know, I think that, that it could be opened up again. So um, definitely a work in progress. So, yeah, I appreciate it. What, would, uh, what do you think our chances, find my last question, what do you think our chances of going up in Louisville? I think we're going to pull it out. I just, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, the the biggest recruit that I was worried about this whole entire past recruiting season was two players. That was Chad Thomas and Brad Kyer, and we got both of them. You know, I hated losing, you know, the cornerback that went to Florida. I hated losing Travante Valentine, but we held on to those two, and every kid that committed to us was able to qualify and get into school. But I think, I mean, I would even take a three-point victory, but I'm thinking if he can just make it through the first game, I think the future really, really looks bright for a Miami fan. I'm telling you, I really, I'm, I'm, I was sold on Kyle when he committed, and I was really, really concerned that we were going to lose him. I, you know, how do I feel about playing him this early? I mean, the fact that he proved it in camp gives me a little confidence of knowing that I think he's definitely the right guy. But I, I feel pretty good about going up to Louisville. I think we can pull it up. Um, and I think if we end up doing that, he has a couple of other games where he can truly develop. I think it can really evolve into a promising season for us. So just what are your thoughts on that? And that would be my final comment. Um, I, my thoughts are I have no idea what's going to happen at Louisville Monday night. I, I, I think that, you know, your hopes are, are well-founded. I, I think that it's going to be a very – competitive, tight ball game that will be decided in the fourth quarter. Okay. And that's all you want when you have a game on the road. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you have a shot in the fourth quarter, a game on the road, I mean, that's any ball game, that's where you want to be at. So, I think Miami's I think edge in this game and it comes is, is the coach and execution. Miami's edge in this game is Duke Johnson's ability to make big plays and what I spoke about earlier with the – turmoil or uncertainty, so to speak, on the defensive side of the football for Louisville. Yeah. 
I do think if they struggle, those kids will lose their composure. Yeah. Just, 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 just a little inside, inside intel. I got. I, I know a person that played for Todd. Uh, I know a person who has a kid that played for Todd Grantham, and um, you know, at, at Georgia, and you know, they don't seem like they're too disappointed that he left. So I don't know. Nope. Maybe that has something I, to say about it. I've been told by a lot of people I respect in the coaching industry that he is one of the more overrated coaches in the country, and there's a lot of people out there that cannot believe that Louisville tabbed him and is paying him a million dollars a year for five years to coach their defense. Yep, so yep. We'll see. We'll see Monday night. Well, sir. Hey, great show, man. I'm glad I made it in on the call. I'll be here to the very end. Cause if you keep me on hold, that would be – I'd appreciate it. Uh, you got it. You are now on hold. Thank you. Thank All you right. for calling. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the um, – let's go to 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, right, what's going on, man? Doing good. Who's this? Hello. Yes, oh, sir. This you're this on. Guy Jackie, man. Huh? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got a few things. Uh, first, <laughs> uh, the caller was calling in talking about Keogh. And the um, Ohio State game and last year against Louisville, if you, if you realize what was going on, uh, first of all, Ohio State, McGahee's leg was broke. Um, and then Duke Johnson didn't even suit up for this game. So game planning kind of made it easier when you think uh, going into the game, they know who we got to stop, Dallas Crawford. I mean, that's easy to sit down and just, you know, send everything that you want to with a quarterback who won't check now. With a quarterback, you know, in some of the, the offensive line play and blocking schemes and protection, that's check, That's directly on the quarterback a lot of times, too. You know, if you see something and you don't, you know, make the adjustment to it at the line, we just can't blame the coaches for all the plays that players don't make. Um, but second of all, Grantham and Charlie Strong, that's like night and day. You know, Grantham shouldn't even be mentioned in the same breath as Charlie Strong when it comes to defense and, and defensive scheming and planning. And the, the the people who Louisville recruited was recruited for a particular scheme. So Grantham now coming into this game is going to be, you know, taking the, the strengths away from these little, little linebackers like James Burgess. That's a little 4-3 linebacker. Now you're going to take the, take the strengths away from these little linebackers and make them try to be, you know, take on men at the line of scrimmage. Like this game almost tell it made for dominate uh, thinking about, the, the uh, cornerback competition and the, the type of offense Trino like to run. It's like that's Teller May. I, I see a lot of Jermaine Grace playing in this game too, with the, uh, you know, taking away those crossing routes. But in terms of the linebacker depth, uh, we lost uh, Gaines uh, and um, who else we lost? Uh, uh, Tyrone Cornelius uh, because Blue and uh, Fig didn't even play a lot last year. So, you know, insert Owens and insert Grace. Did we really lose that much at the linebacker uh, spot is my question. Also, with Brad Callier being the type of quarterback he is, being able to check down and get our tight ends. Man, we have, like, real good tight ends that we, we never really get to see because the quarterbacks, like the caller said earlier, don't utilize them. Putting a freshman in here, now, you know, you could tell uh, – Cole has been implementing more of his offense because we start, you know, the screen passes and all of the um, the count reports. 
Um, the tight ends getting more involved. I think this game is just, I mean, everything is telling me with Grantham. You know, if they send the house at Kaya, man, Duke Johnson is going to have a phenomenal night and Dobar and Clive. And then you still have to factor in. We still got Philip Dorsett and Stacey Cole. I mean, just because he's a freshman don't mean he can't just throw the ball out in front and let Philip Dorsett <laughs> run under it. So you, no, you it, still it, it, have you're to right. account for that. Yeah. So, you know, those are the things that I want to um, touch on, man. I just feel like what's going on is is is, is really is tailor-made for us, you know, come around Nebraska. That would be the only time that we would really face a team that probably – where our linebacker depth might be an issue. Think about all the other teams that we play. We'll be able to run more nickel and more, um, you know, safety coming down to be able to play against them where the linebacker depth won't, you know, tell on us as much as, as running there up against Abdullah or a team like Georgia Tech when they run in the option. I think those might be our biggest two games in terms of linebacker depth. But then at the same time, Georgia Tech don't really pose a threat in the passing game. So I believe we can actually walk a safety like Jamal Carter down to, you know, kind of, you know, make up for the linebacker depth. And, you know, I'll I, I listen and let you um, go from there. Okay, wait, don't leave. <laughs> because you, you, just, you just hit us with a ton of stuff all at one time there. Um and I, I didn't hear one thing you said that I disagreed with, but um, was there one particular point you wanted me personally to touch on? Yeah, with Jermaine Grace, um, with the linebacker depth. Um, I mean, the line, okay. the game against Louisville, Jermaine Grace, do you see him getting a lot of tick? And then at the same time with Kaya Strengths going up against a Grantham who we all, we, we just assume he's going to throw the sink at Kaya. We don't know for sure because his defense oh, he might will. not – understand the, the defense well enough to be able to be in position for him to feel comfortable with them throwing the sink at him. Well, you, you could be right about that. Um, Jermaine Grace, um, interesting topic. You know, he, he's a kid that to me, look, he, to me, look, he's like a big safety trying to be a linebacker. Um, kind of a little bit of a tweener, um, a little bit of a different type of tweener than uh, Tyreek McCord. Obviously, he's got, you know, great speed. He can run four or five and and I think he's going to help this team a lot on special teams, and I think he's going to help this team a lot as a third-down linebacker who maybe can help shore up what was a clear weakness uh, last year, and that was defending the, the pass on third down in the perimeter and making tackles um, in open space. And um, I think you've got to hope that you can get that out of Jermaine Grace uh, this year and that he can help shore up that area. As long as you're not expecting him to be a first-down linebacker taking on guards, and trying to stop the run and tackles, um, you know, I think you're okay with Jermaine Grace, and um, I'm expecting him to to do a good job in that role that they've given him. Isn't um, that what Louisville linebackers will have to do? Yeah. Yes, so they that, will. You know. So that means I mean, we I, had a, that's another advantage for us, right? Yes, it, it, it is. Well, you'll see how good they are at it, but I mean, I, I think that it's a good adjustment by Miami. When they evaluate what they did on offense last year, I don't think there's any question that one of the, the deficiencies was not throwing the ball enough to the backs and the tight ends. And, and I think that you're going to see that corrected this year. Do you feel like Duke Johnson not being in the game plan, uh, all, almost all the wide receivers were hurt. 
that that that, that has a lot to do with it. Also, the game, you have to scheme. Like the, the schemes will be totally different. Like we can't even really look at last year's game against what we we should expect this year because the whole dynamics are so different that it, it, it's like night and day. It's you really can't even. It's like we two brand new teams going up against each other. Look, I'm not a big excuse guy. Okay, if if if, if they were playing Alabama in the bowl game, for example. Uh, I, I, I'd be saying, uh, yeah, huge deal, you know, whatever. I mean, they were playing Louisville, okay? And, and, and I know Louisville had a good season in, in a weak conference and, and was a decent football team, and they, they kicked the living daylights out of Miami in the bowl game, and you've got to give them respect and, and compliments for that. But that wasn't, you know, a top-shelf college football team in, in the last season. And, you know, I don't think you just – wipe the whole thing off the slate with excuses. I mean, I think they got their butts kicked, and they're going to have to do a lot better this Monday night. And, um, yeah, there were some injuries, but there were a lot of guys that weren't injured, too, that were out there at playing. That, they're, you know, they're on, hey, they're on scholarship at the University of Miami. Okay? This is That's true. One of, one of That's the, true. This is one of, the, one of the prize football programs in America, and they have a scholarship to the University of Miami, and I think their standard needs to be better than what they put out in Orlando and – I think that it will be on Monday night. Um, they're just going to have to show it to everybody. That's true, too. Now, do you, let me ask you an honest question. Now, we talk about Duke Johnson not playing, and that's been an excuse. And we lost to Duke in their, in, you know, quote, unquote. Johnny Football plays against Duke, and they win by four. Now, Johnny Football, Duke Johnson is our Johnny Football. If you remove Johnny Football from that Chick-fil-A bowl, do they beat Duke? Probably not. Exactly. So we can't just act like because he didn't play and other guys on scholarship that it's the same impact of the game. I but mean, you're talking about, you talk about defense, our best player, Heisman candidate. Their defense was huh? terrible. Texas A&M yeah. defense was terrible. <laughs> it is. So, so, yeah, make the argument that that was a phony football team propped up by Johnny Football. Okay, well, does the University of Miami want to be a phony football team propped up by Duke Johnson? No. <laughs> no? That's true. Right. You want to be a complete football team? I think our defense will play a lot coastal. better this year. Well, you're trying to be a complete football team that can go win the Coastal, get itself to Charlotte, you know, g- g- give Florida State or Clemson a tussle there, and see what happens. You think Florida State come out the Atlantic this year? Uh, with them or Clemson. So you disregard Louisville now? Devontae Parker will be back by the time they play Florida State. He won't be back till Game Eight. I I don't know. I don't see Louisville contending for that title now. I think okay. Louisville will be a, a four-loss team this year. Well, one of them. Okay. All right. You know, one I, I just want to with, with uh-huh. one of them possibly being Monday night. Yes. I think Louisville actually has a better setup than Clemson. You know, Clemson lost a lot too. I mean, we, yeah, they got Vic Beasley and, and um, you know Banks back there, but I think they lost a lot that made them, you know, who they were. You talking about Taj Boy? You, like he he easily get lost in the shuffle, but that really he was the he's the reason that they were winning those games. I know Sammy Watkins and you know this and all that, but Taj Boy being replaced by who is this guy? Who is the starting quarterback in Clemson? No, I I'm, I forget. I don't know his name. I forget his name. Right. I haven't, I, I, yeah. uh, I, we've had bigger fish to fry here. There's been enough going on here. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I will say this. 
I will say this about what you said about Louisville. I think there are still a lot of very good football players on that team. I think there's also a lot of very good football players on Miami as well. And I, I think that they should show up Monday night much better prepared to play than they were the last go-round. Hey, well, do, I, do, you, uh, do you have a prediction? You calling a score yet? No, I'm not predicting anything. Are you crazy? How do oh, you, you predict? I'm, I'm not even worried about jinxing. I, I have no clue what's going to happen out there Monday night. You're going oh, okay. in there with a, true, with a true freshman quarterback and a defense that you have no idea how they're going to be. You know, but we I, got I Duke make... Johnson and Stacey got... Coley and Denzel Perriman. Yep. We have Correct. football players on this team. And don't forget Eric Flowers either because he's, 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 a, he's a beast. First round pick. Well, he's a first yeah. round talent. Okay. Yeah, you, you, no, yeah you, you've, got, you've got a handful of players now that are elite on this team. Right. Which, which is more than what you've had the last few years. Right. With playmakers, Dallas Crawford. Uh, Deion Bush. Uh huh. I mean, we still got Tracy Howard. Might be he might not start, but he still was the number one corner when he came out. So that's telling you something about Corn Elder. Um, well, now, Johnson, now they got to go out there. Lights come on, okay? They got to do it when the lights come on. It, it can't be that's talk. It, it can't be you know false hopes, which is what this program and you guys and and you know everyone out there listening tonight has had for the last ten years. As we keep sitting here, and I keep saying to you guys, well, it's a five year rebuild. And then, you know, a couple, and I'm right, I'm not wrong. And then a couple of years later, I'm saying, well, it's a five-year rebuild. And I'm right, I'm not wrong. But, you know, it can't always be a five-year rebuild. You guys are looking for results. You're not looking for talk. And it's got to happen on the field. Yes, they have more weapons now. Yes, they are better equipped to make it happen on the field. They just have to do it. Yeah. All right? I'm going to listen there. All right, man, I'll leave you on hold. Hey, right. thanks for calling and give us, give us a call again next week. Six four six five nine six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We're gonna go out now to the eight sixty three where you're now live on King Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right, how's it going? How you doing? Oh man, we're having a great time tonight. Have you been listening to this whole show? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, not the whole show. I came in a little bit late. Oh my God, man, we we got some fans, man. We got we got guys that know what the heck they're talking about. True, true. I, I am mad impressed. We, I, I want to see a better fan base in America. There is no way, man. We got we got guys from all over the calling into this show on Tuesday night, and these guys like really know what they're talking about. That's what, so what that's you what I'm got. About. Don't disappoint us huh? now. Go ahead. That's, that's a big build up. I just <laughs> so My, what you got? Um, well, first of all, I've, I've been calling the past couple weeks, and um, I've been and last week I was saying that. Um, you know, Kyler needs to be our starting quarterback. So I'm glad that uh, um, Golden went, you know, went that route. I, I think that was the right decision. Um, all this freshman talk and all this or whatever, I'm not worried about that with Kyler. Um, I've watched, I watched a lot of his tape, even from high school. Yes, some of his high school. I've watched some of his um, tapes from um, when he's gone to camps and stuff like that. That man is just a cool customer. He's just a cool customer. Um I don't think really? he's going to be rattled like, you know, like, you know, Olsen probably would have been rattled um, or maybe any other quarterback. I just think he's, he's, he's a true, he's, a, he's the real deal. Um, and we, you know, I, like you said, it, it comes down to, to producing, and we're going to find out on Monday for sure. 
Um, but but as of right now, I, I like I, I like that um I like that pick. I don't know what you guys discussed as far as Kyrie uh, before I got here, but <clears throat> um, oh, I really yeah, like no, that. I mean, Ty is going to be to me is awesome. I mean, what he's done here, you know, we talk, I Somebody asked me uh, before the show actually to describe in one word what I think of Kaya, and the word I picked was amazing. I mean, what he's done is amazing. I just I just have total respect for the fact that this is not a situation made for a true freshman kid out of high school. I mean, you know, the quarterbacks are made to be developed over a year or two years and, and brought along and, and then put in, in, into games when they're really ready to go. And, um, I mean, he'll be as ready to go as any kid coming out of high school can be. I don't think there's any question about that. But, you know, I can't sit here and say that this is a made-for-a-true-freshman situation on Monday night. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, if anybody can do it, he can do it. But I, but see that that's the 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 problem with that argument is um, you have for instance a redshirt freshman a redshirt freshman you know quarterback net, didn't play a down the year before for instance he like didn't a, play, um, he didn't necessarily uh, play the year before but he went through the entire season he observed he was part of the meetings he saw how a team prepares he he got to see a whole season's worth of defense he he got to see every blitz scheme in, in, the, in the book that college defenses throw at quarterbacks. Um, he got to be there on the sideline and, and maybe signal in plays and then watch them develop and see how things unfold. That's a huge block of experience um, that, say, Louisville's quarterback, who played a little bit last year and went through that whole experience, has coming into this game that Brad Kaya does not have. And, and you know, I, I, agree, I agree with that, but... At the, like I said last week, if Kaya and Heaps were head to head, I'm going with Kaya because you're you're well, a fifth year senior, you're a fifth year senior, and and you're going and you're you're actually head to head a little you know actually right now we find out he was actually behind, you know um, Kaya was actually they 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 made that decision according to what I'm hearing they made that decision a week ago. You're right. It should not have been a competition. You're right. Yeah. You know, Jake Keep should have won that thing in a landslide. And Jake once a five star quarterback, so we can't say he's a he's a he's a bum. He's a five, he, he got talent. He's talented enough. He was a five star quarterback recruit. The number one recruit when he came out as far as quarterback, so it's not like he's a bum. You know, he you know, oh, um, man, he, he hasn't played he hasn't played oh, for that potential. You, I'm going to tell you something. He hasn't played for that potential, but, but talent-wise, he has the talent. I'm going to tell you something. Through the, through, the, through the generosity of Coach Golden, you know, I was allowed to be out on the practice field for about a dozen of those things this fall, and I totally believe in what I just said, that he should have won this thing just on face value in a landslide. But, I don't, you know, Kaya was so damn good. I mean, I don't know what Jay Keeps could have done to win in a landslide. You know, Kaya uh-huh. to give him in. And I mean, like I said, it was amazing. It really was. Now, whole different deal Monday night. Okay, yeah, Monday night you're not you're not on Green Tree practice field in a, in that protected environment. Okay, you know you're you're on national television in a hostile stadium with all that pressure upon you. Your mind's going to be racing 800 miles an hour. I don't care how damn cool, calm, cool, and collected you are. I, you yeah, know, I mean, gonna, he's going to have butterflies. He's going to be a little nervous. Just tell you the greatest. Back to ever play in this program, used to throw up before games. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now you're asking this kid out of high school to go, you know, go out there with a whole new season on his back. I mean, I mean, man, it is a lot of pressure and it's a huge load. And man, if he handles it, I don't care where you are. You guys ought to carry him all the way back to Miami. Seriously, because <laughs> I, I think I think he's going to be fine. I think, he, like I said last week as well, he has the talent around him. He, if he doesn't force things and he just get, make, let the playmakers make the plays, he will be just fine. Yeah, um, I agree, but I also have I also have a lot of respect for what he's being asked to do. It, it, it's a tough deal. True, it's very hard. It's very hard um, to do. And and you know the, they'll they'll have a skeletal offense in for the game. You know they're not going to make him execute the entire playbook. Um, you know they 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 will shrink the game plan for him. And I, you know not just for him. I think they're going to want to do it for the offensive line too. Their protections are down and things like that. Um, so you're not going to see the full Miami playbook on display on Monday night. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, they will do what they can to protect Brad Kaya, but it's still a very, very tough task that he's going out there to try to do. I agree. Now, another thing is I did come down for the Kings. Um, thing. Now, one thing I will say, I'm 5'11 and a half, six feet or whatever, um, and I, I will say this, size doesn't really, to me, <laughs> size is overrated sometimes. If you can play, you can play. Um, which is why to talk about grace and this and that by size. I, the, if the man can play, he can play. Vilma wasn't big. Um, Ray Lewis wasn't big when he played here. Um, at my, a lot of our linebackers were never big linebackers. If you can play, you can play. Uh, but at the same time, at the same time, um, I, I realize that at the college level, they really exaggerate players' heights. Um, I'm standing there next to some of these guys, and I'm like, hold on now. I'm seeing six three, six four. I don't see that. I'm six foot, and I'm right there at you know standing right there toe to toe with you. So they yeah. do they do over exaggerate some of these these players' heights. Um, 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 well, you know, name, um, you know, you know what we've started doing at, 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 at the rivals camp and stuff is we measure all the kids ourselves. Um, <laughs> so so we we make sure that what we've got for height and weight is accurate. True. Um, yeah, Braxton Bell, he's very small. Um, Tracy Howard is a very small guy. Yeah. Um, I, I still, I mean, but at the corner position, you know, he's he's not a, you know, to me he's not a very big guy. I I was like, wow, I thought you, you know, um, this is the first time I've actually saw the team because I live in Central Florida, so that was the first time I actually saw the team face to face like that. Um, you know, because it was actually some of them were mingling amongst the crowd, which was a good thing. I like that. Um, they weren't just signing autographs. Some of them were mingling against the crowd, <clears throat> in the crowd and everything like that. So that was good. But um, I'm, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about my Canes. I, I'm always excited about the Canes. I'm, I'm going to always be positive. I'm not one of those fans that be like, oh, I'm going to wait to see what happens. I don't care if we lose every game this year. Next year I'm going to talk trash again, and I'm going to say we're going to beat everybody next year. That's just the, that's just the way I am. I'm a true fan. So that. I call it, some people I call fake fans because if you're a true fan, you're not worried about what we did last year or the year before. This year we're gonna we're gonna kick butt. Period. That's how I look at it. And if we go 0 and 12 or 0 and whatever this year, I'm gonna say the same thing next year. You know, so that's just that's just the way I that's just the way I think. Well, hopefully one of these years uh, you'll have reason to brag, and hopefully you'll be able to back it up with uh, performance on the field. Well, yeah, but but see. It, 
I, I agree with that statement, but no team is ever on top forever. History shows that. Yep, no team. The Bama was at the bottom of the totem pole for years. Florida yes, was. Florida was. No, yep. today, no team is ever, Nebraska, no team is ever at the top. USC, I can go on and on. You know, it, so, goes in, it goes in cycles, and you've you got to get the right coach in there that can get it done. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Al, uh, this, this, this is, uh, I wrote a column a few weeks ago. This is moving year for Al Golden. This is, this is the year for him to start proving to you guys that he can get this thing finished. Very true. That's all right, hey, thanks for, thank you for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call again next week. Uh, no problem. Have a good one. All right. 646-595-2048. Uh, let's go now. To the two four zero, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? I'm good. I'm good. A couple of the calls stole my <laughs> stole my thunder a little bit, but um, I mean tonight is a great show. Everybody's hitting some great points, and I'm gonna piggyback off of a couple of the points they made, like the uh, one caller who called in and talked about the Ohio State game when Willis McGahey got hurt. You know, and Warren Sapp always talked about it, you know, when you watch him do analysts, he always say, if you don't have a fear or you, if you're not worried about the run game anymore, that's just a green light for the D linemen to pin their ears back and go hunting. So in that national championship game, once Willis McGahey got hurt, our threat of a playmaker in the backfield was gone. So they knew we were passing. So they D-line, just pinned their ears back, and how we say, let the dogs loose, they were. Hey, let me ask, just, let me ask you a question. I have a question, uh-huh. and, and I think if, you, if you've listened to me enough, you know I'm not a big excuse guy. Isn't yeah. part of the job of a football program to recruit well enough that you have depth? And, and I understand that there's elite players and, and obviously and superstars and things like that, and, and you sign 30 kids a year, they're not all going to be superstars, but – you have to have depth, and the reason Miami was so good all those years was when you looked at the running back position, you know, you had a McGahee, you had a Portis and a Gore sitting as backups and things like that. You know, that's depth, and that's good recruiting, and that's championship football. You know, Alabama this year, they've got three running backs that are at, at, at a, probably at a Duke Johnson level, okay? That's why they're going to compete for the national title this year. If one of those guys gets hurt, they're not going to fold but, up and say, "Oh, geez, you know, go ahead, pin your ears back and come after Gary, us." What? What? You know, answer this question. Look, I understand that, Gary, but but you cannot deny the truth. I mean, you can't deny the fact. Willis getting hurt in that game hurt the offense. You you can't deny that. Oh, there's you, you no question about that. it. That's just like saying when Edwin James went to the Indianapolis Colts, where he tore his ACL. The offense was completely different without Edwin James. There, there's no question just, of that, but, but, but I don't think and, it's fair to say win the national title guaranteed. No, no, no. I'm not, saying we was gonna, I'm not going to say that, but what I'm saying is with him getting hurt, played a big deal. And, and, and to go with what you say about Alabama, that's true. They got a stable of backs. But Nick Saban made an excuse for Oklahoma busting him in the mouth. Nick Saban said, oh, well, it was like a consolation game. And you know what Bob Stoop said? Oh, yeah, well, that's how our guys felt, too. 
So Nick Saban <laughs> make excuses. Nick Saban make excuses, and everybody is cool with that because Oklahoma bust them in the mouth, just like Utah bust them in the mouth a few years ago. And, and, and what people don't, and this is and this is what I don't get about Nick Saban. I'm not saying he's not a great coach because he is, but what did he do at Michigan State? Nothing. What did he really do at LSU except for the one year he won a national title? Miami was dominating the, dominating the college scene. So for him to make an excuse, and then Bob Stoops with his comment said, yeah, well, we were disappointed too that we was in the consolation game. You know, I'm like, but not you, but the rest of the college football world allows Nick to do that. And if Miami does it, it's a problem. If we make an excuse, it's a problem to the outside world. But that's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? You know, people love to hate us. You know, just like the 30 for 30 was on this week. You know, and just, I remember watching that Penn State game. I was young, but I remember watching that game with my father. And I was crushed. Like, I was hurt. And and even watching that now, when I watch the 30 for 30, Gary, no lie, I don't even watch that part on the 30 for 30. I don't even watch that part when they show the Penn State game. Because it still hurts me to this day. You know, but moving forward, I'm with you. It's unknown about Monday night, but I'm I'm always gonna be positive. Always just say we're gonna win, and I believe that. I believe we got the right pieces in places, you know, to to do so on offense and defense. Um, it's just time, like you said, now it's time to put up a shut up. It's time to go out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very surprised if they don't show up much better on Monday night than they were in the moment. Yeah, and I got a question. Um. I don't know if you got to see any of the high school games over the weekend. I recorded every last one of them. And I watched the, uh, the Plantation, the uh, American game, the American Heritage game. Yes, you saw Snelson. Oh, God, did I? I know, he's good. I, oh, what do you think about that, that, that guy? <laughs> I think he's very good. We, you know, uh, and I think Sam Bruce is better. <laughs> oh, you know, what? They, they, really? Yeah, they're putting together a heck of a recruiting class for 2016 if they can hold it together. Um, you know, we got to see uh, Snelson up close in Jacksonville. I guess it was about a month and a half ago now when we had the Rivals Underclassmen Challenge. And um, he committed to Miami that day, so I spent most of the day um, really with him. I mean, he was the focal point of my attention that day up there uh, because he uh-huh. was committing. And um you know, I was really impressed. I, I, you know, I really was. He, um, he's a young kid that that's got a lot of ability, and I think is going to keep getting better and better. You know, one thing, one word comes to mind when I watched that game. When I watched him, just physical, Gary. He's physical. Yes, he's physical. Yes. Like he he's doesn't solid. go down. Not that tall. He, he's he's solid, and 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 he's still got two years to grow before he gets to Miami, and. Um, yes, he, he is a very physical guy. Sam Bruce is more of a finesse guy, but he, uh-huh. I haven't seen anybody that can cover that kid yet. I mean, we oh. had him, we had him in Baltimore this summer at the rivals five-star challenge. And we threw him against every top senior cornerback and every top junior cornerback in the country. And we, we couldn't find one that could cover Sam Bruce. Wow. I mean, yeah, man. It, now, and I got, you're going to like watching Braxton Berrios this year. He's a he's oh, yeah. a scrappy, he's a scrappy little receiver. He, you know, he's gonna be tough for some people. And, and that's good, you know, and that's good to have a little fire on offense. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. someone to have that little uh about him. You know, he got that I guess short man well, cosplay. <laughs> the 
Yeah, those little those little guys, man, they better be scrappy and they better be tough or they can't play football. Exactly. And you know, like like I guess when Monday night hits, there's nothing else the coaches can do. They prepared you as well as they can for this moment, for that moment. Yep. It's just out it's out like like Coach Golden always says, it's time to take our training to the field. Take what you learn in practice and bring it to the field. I mean and that and that's all we can do. Honestly, I'm expecting I'm expecting a, a, a good year out of us. I'm expecting this to to surprise a lot of people. I, I really am. I, I really well, the am. good the good thing is next Tuesday night you'll be able to talk about what's real and and you'll have you'll That's have right. your own eyes and, <laughs> and 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 it won't be wishful thinking or or anything of the sort anymore. All right, let me hey, let you go. Thing, hey, one, hey, one more thing. You can put me on hold and that you can I'll listen to you answer it while I'm on hold. But just explain why why aren't we getting I guess the D tackles and the linebackers like you was previously trying to state before. And I just listen, just put me on hold and I'll talk to you next week, Gary. Um, to answer it very quickly, I think at those positions they're just getting out recruited a little bit. Um but at the same time now linebacker would look a whole lot different right now if Figueroa um was still on the team. And and that was a big loss, a bigger loss than I'm hearing anybody give it credit for and uh I thought he was going to be an elite football player and, and just a horrible, horrible thing that he did and a horrible thing for this defense and this football team to now have to try to overcome his loss when they were counting on him so heavily to be a big part of the solution. All right, let's go out now to we – got, we, we've got um, – we're getting tight on show, so um, let's try to keep our points. I'll try to get uh, – keep the points tight. I'll try to get as many callers as possible in here tonight. Um, we do have quite a few, obviously, on hold. Um, let's go now to the 786, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right. Uh, sorry. Give us a call next week. All right. Let's go to the um, the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How's it going? This is Anthony. Hey, what's up, Anthony? What you got for us? Hey, uh, uh, uh. I want to, want to let you guys know that, uh, disclosure, I'm a Florida State fan, but um, I'm also a Miami fan. I was a Miami fan first. But uh, I guess what I wanted to discuss was, just quickly, was the D-line. And I hadn't really – I came in late, so I hadn't, hadn't heard much talk about the D-line. And I think Miami's not going to get back to where they need to get back until they get elite-level players on that defensive line. I love Miami's offensive line. I love their cornerbacks. I love their offense, their wide receivers. But I think once they start recruiting at an elite level on the defensive line, then I think you can start talking about the Canes of old. You know, they used to call Miami the quarterback U, but to me, they were always defensive line U. I think they put more defensive linemen in the league than any other position back when they were winning championships. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, Here's what I'll say. I don't think that they're recruiting well enough on the defensive line yet to do what you're talking about. But I don't think that you have to in the ACC. I don't think you have to have an elite. Well, no, I'm talking about winning national championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll agree. Um, you know, you have to be extremely good up front to win a national title. Um, but, you know, you're not talking about the SEC. And I think in the ACC, you can be above average and still win on the defensive line. I, I think the concern for Miami right now is, are they above average yet? You know, and, and I don't think that we'll know that for a few weeks. I think we'll start to figure it out 
uh, Monday night when we see how some of those guys perform. Louisville is coming back with a veteran offensive line. Um, but I'm just not sure they're there yet at that position. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. I do agree with that. Um, I think you had a caller before that if it's close, give it to Kaya. It's it's time to get get it's time to get on with the get on, you know. Um give him throw him out there now, let him learn now. I mean, that would be a you know, if he performs this year, you're gonna have a whole bunch of elite level wide receivers wanting to play with this guy. You know, I see what happens you know, here in Tallahassee with Jameis Winston. You're gonna have tons of elite elite level wide receivers wanting a wanting a piece of this action here. But you know, like Jameis Winston is Example though, you know, Jameis Winston got to sit back that freshman year and learn and, and prepare. Yeah. And and That's then start, and, you know, then he starts as a redshirt freshman and he's you know, he's ready to go. I mean, you know, what they what Brad Kai is being asked to do is a lot tougher than Jane Jameis exactly. Winston. And exactly. uh But I do think you know, like well, I, I said earlier, if, if if any kid coming out of high school can do it, this kid can do it. He's got the mindset. Yeah. Uh, and I do but, think I do think quarterbacks are, are high school quarterbacks are more equipped now to come in and start as freshmen because they have all these seven on seven camps, you know, and, and that makes a big difference, you know, when they spend all summer doing these seven on seven camps. So seven know? on seven camps it, don't have don't have sixty seventy thousand people in the stands um, yelling and screaming yeah, and, and and people talking about you on Sports Center all week and everything else. I mean. This kid's being asked to do a lot this week, and yeah. and you know if he comes through this thing with with flying colors, man, he really is Superman. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't want. I, I don't want to hear anybody. If if this kid is successful on Monday night, I don't want to hear anybody anywhere belittle what he did because he deserves the maddest of props. Um, yeah, you got that right. But I was talking in terms of mechanics. You know, you know, having these doing these seven on seven camps. The, the quarterback is really able to get his mechanics down, where he's not. It's, just, it's like muscle. It's muscle memory. He just remembers. You know that. That's why I like the seven and seven camps, and that's what it really what I was speaking to. You know, they didn't, right, have sure. to, they didn't have to. I don't think they had to change his throwing motion or anything like that, did they? Because a lot of quarterbacks, no. sometimes quarterbacks come in, they want to change no. their throwing motion and all that. So he no, he's fine in that regard. Yep. All right, let me try to fit a few more of these folks in. Uh, give us a call down the road. Just don't call okay, us Florida sir. State Week, all right? We don't want to hear your nonsense, you know, that week. <laughs> all, all right, right. man, take care. Um, let's go out now to the 828, where you are now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. Uh, Mr. West, uh, down in Miami. Um, quick question, or not question, but comment uh, about Louisville. I think really ultimately is going to come down to the the defense and, and Brad Kaya. I mean, Kaya has to – Miami's strength is our offensive weapons, our, our skill positions. And if Kaya can trust in them, make the right checkdowns, manage the game, um, not force the ball and, and, and trust in his players, um, you know, it's going to give, it's going to give Miami a chance to, to put some points on the board. And, I mean, I think our D-line – really has to come through. Um, I know our cornerbacks, um, you know, our, our quarterbacks are a little bit more mature now. And, um, but you, you can't, if the D-line can't put any pressure on the quarterback um, and, and can't disrupt his rhythm, I mean, we can't, our cornerbacks can't be out there on an island covering, uh, yeah, it, you know, covering the receivers. If, if, if that's the case, it could be a long night because one thing that you know 
that you can count on in this game is that the offensive scheme that Louisville's coming in with is going to be rock solid and good. You know, they're going to have a good playbook. They're going to have a good game plan. Uh, Bobby Petrino is one of the best offensively in, in college football. Um, you're absolutely right. You're going to have to perform on defense. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as, as far as recruiting is concerned, I mean, this is, you know, if any Kings fan out there is really, really paying attention. I mean, it's, it's really a, an exciting time to be a, to be a Kings fan. I mean, you can tell, you know, we're starting to pull, we got the cloud out from uh, above us and we're starting to pull in some, some good recruits. And, and I, you mentioned earlier, you know, the 2016 class is actually, you know, it's an outstanding class uh, so far, depending on, you know, which, which uh, rating you go with. I mean, I've seen us as high as number one, um, you know, with our recruits for, for 2016. So we're going in the right direction. You know, it's, a, it's an exciting time uh, to be a Kane fan, and, and, and I really challenge. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a longtime season ticket holder. I've been there in the Orange Bowl for, with the West End Zone crazies, you know, for the wide right, the wide left, uh, the FIU brawl, the, the, the rushing the field after we beat UCLA when Edwin James went for 400 and something yards, you know, Devin Hester returning the kickoffs against Florida in 03, first kickoff of the game. I think he actually called that one beforehand and, uh, and did it. But I, I really challenge the King fans to, to show up to Sun Life Stadium, uh, you know, and let's, let's, give, let's give our team, uh, you know, some excitement out there in the stands. And, uh, you know, by, by, by no means am I, am I uh, trying, to sell, trying to sell tickets for UM, but, I mean, it would be nice, you know, they got that, that North Carolina two-game pack, and I really, cha- you know, challenge them to, 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 to come up to the games and, and, and let's fill those stands and, and not see those orange sheets. All right, so man, that's, hey, that, thanks, that's all I got. That sounds like a good speech. Thank, thanks, um, a good pitch, rather. Uh, thanks for being part of the show tonight, and give us a call uh, next week, maybe. No problem. All right, moving right on now. Let's go to the 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Sounds like you're on an airplane. Yeah, are you there? Yes. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I got a question about the offensive line and all. Last year, I noticed they was rotating the linemen. Are they going to do that this year? Are they, you know, they going to keep a solid five the whole game, or are they going to be rotating them in and out? No, the, no the, they'll rotate some guys in. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the Al Golden philosophy. He likes to get his players involved in the game. The more guys he can have in the game plan, the better. He, he feels like it, it, it keeps their attention during the week and, and you know, is beneficial to the whole football team. So I don't think it'll be any different this year. I think, But I, I think they have fewer options right now on the offensive line because they're just not that deep there. So, you know, I, I think it's pretty safe to say Flowers is going to play most of the time. Feliciano and McDermott, those three for sure will be out there most of the time. Um, how much is Adora's out there will depend on how he performs. Same thing with Taylor Gadbois. And, um, you know, you've got Casey McDermott, who I think looks like he's ready to contribute. I think Trevor Darling is ready to contribute. Um, Hunter Wells is getting there. Um, but, you know, I don't know that you could just roll out all five and, and expect, expect there to not be a huge drop-off. So I think it'll maybe be a little bit less than what you've seen in the past, but they will still try to play several guys. 
Okay, and, I, and, I, um, and why did uh, Malcolm Butch leave the program? He was playing a lot. He, I, I, he just wasn't happy with the fact that he got demoted last year, and you know that was a big oh. loss. You know that's a that's yeah. a big loss. You know, that's a guy that would have been a fifth-year guy this year. That you know you'd be count. I mean, you you throw him out there, you know, at right tackle, and uh, you're better than you would be with Taylor Gadbar or Casey McDermott. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I got. All right, man. Hey, uh, give us a call again uh, next week. Um, let's go to the 504, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? Doing, doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Roland, man, in Atlanta. How you doing? All right, Roland, what you got? Uh, I got a quick question, man. Uh, Jamal, uh, Jamal Carter, uh, as far as this game, uh, is he, is he going to get a lot of playing time, you think? Is, is this yeah, oh, yeah. Game or... Okay, okay, okay. I think all and four then... safety going to play a lot. You know, we're, well, certainly three of the four are going to play a lot. And um, Ventress has had such a good camp, they'll throw him out there too. Okay, okay. And what about uh, Weiss? Uh, is he going to be two-down guy? Um, how, how many, how many, how many staff? Guy. I think he's going to be a short yardage guy right now, and that's it. I don't think you're going to see a lot of him until he gets in better shape. And and um, what about coming off the edge? Who who who's gonna be the guys coming off the edge? Are you gonna see? Is it gonna be Muhammad? Uh, uh, I don't know. Kwan Muhammad? I don't know. Uh, you don't know those edge guys? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Muhammad's gonna try to do that. You know, we'll see if he could do it better this year. You know, and more effectively this year than last year. Um, you know, I think you got to get to the point where the leading sack guy on the team has more than four sacks. Um, you know, four sacks in a 13-game season is not a lot of sacks. Okay, okay. And I got one last question. We'll I just want to hold no, on. Huh? No, crazy predict- no crazy predictions for me in that regard. Okay, and I, I, Gary, I just called on, man. So I've just been on probably about 10 minutes. But um, just quick question: from what you, from what you've seen in practice overall, from from the offense and and the defense, I mean, what have you seen? Do you see a big difference from last year uh, as as it relates to the offense and the defense are used. I mean, what do you see? And, and I'm going to just listen in and let, let the next caller call in. The, the, the place where I see the biggest difference is the defensive backfield. I think the corners are better. I think the safeties are better. And, and, I, and I think they're a lot better. Um, everything else on defense looks about the same to me. Um, same, same thing offensively. I, I, you know, things look about the same to me. Um, other than the fact that, it, you know, I, I think Clive Walford needs to do a better job of catching the football to drop a few too many balls that I've seen this fall. But it, it looks about the same to me other than they're doing some different things on offense, which I don't want to talk too much about because I'm sure that some people up in Louisville are listening, trying to get some tidbits there. Um, and I don't think it would be fair for me to comment too much on, on, on those schematic types of things. Um, but personnel-wise, it looks very similar to me. Other than okay. defensive backfield, huge to me, huge step up in the defensive backfield. And uh, what about Jermaine Grace? What about him playing? We'll see how he does. You know, he's going to get he's going to get a shot as a third down linebacker. Um, he's going to be asked to cover guys coming out of the backfield, and uh, we'll see how he does. I mean, he certainly has the athletic ability. Okay, man. I'm getting ready for the special Monday, man. I'm just hoping. All right, man. Yep. Give us a call next week. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Final call tonight. Let's go out to the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing, Gary? All right, Gary. 
this is Sino305. Hey, what's up, man? All right. So, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, talk about a lot, by the way, a lot of great, great uh, points people are making. Um, Huge. Right? What, that, a, what a show tonight. Yeah, I mean, really, very it impressive. Was amazing. Yeah, one guy who was talking to you about, um, you know, was comparing a lot of points uh, about the difference with, you know, having Duke Johnson play and, and really how it's going to be a different game. I agree with what he's saying. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up was um, going back to the old Canes versus now, okay? The one thing, and, and losing games really hurts all of us fans, but I think what really bothers me more than just losing, because every, every great team can lose, is the way we play, you know, the, the lack of attitude that we play with, the lack of, uh, you know, toughness and hard-hitting that we play with now. We seem like a very passive team, uh, especially on the defensive side. And what I wanted to ask you, and, and I would like if you can, you know, you're around the program so much and you're around these coaches and, you see, and you've seen it all from, the, from, the, you know, from Coker, from Butch and Coker all the way now to, uh, you know, to uh, Golden, is Golden different in, from the standpoint that he doesn't really uh, motivate and inspire these guys to be hardcore, to be, you know, hard-hitting and, and just, you know, badass kind of players? Is he, does he more of a, you know, does he kind of create that uh, environment for them, in your opinion? Oh, man. Um, he's not... That type of guy, like he, he's he's got a lot of enthusiasm. Um, he's as optimistic and positive as any guy you'll ever meet. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter what's thrown at him; he bounces off it and, and marches onward and and keeps a, a positive outlook and 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 never you know gets the the most down I've seen Al Golden and and. With, with all the things that have happened to him. And if you, if you put a – we actually have a list. <laughs> and if you look at this – I mean, it is just staggering, all the things this guy's had to deal with. And um, the most down I've seen Al Golden was about a week or so ago when they had a, a, an afternoon practice rained out. And um, they had – the coaches had spent two days preparing – for that practice, and, and they lost all that work, and and that's his discipline. I've, he was more upset about that than I've seen him even after a tough loss. And um, he's just a real positive guy. But you know, no, is, is he Jimmy Johnson out there? You know, rallying guys into a frenzy? Um, no, he's not that type of personality. Um, definitely much more cerebral. And um, type of type of coach, and you know, I think there's times where this team maybe could use a little less. You know, I I call it South Beach. You know, a little too much South Beach, and um, could use a little bit more fire than than what it's had over the last few years at at times. And um, but you know, everybody attacks things differently, and you've seen coaches at all levels of football be successful doing it all different kinds of ways. You know, Don Shula was a fiery guy. Uh, Tom Landry, you know, I'm going way back now, but Tom Landry was a more cerebral type of coach. Um, Bill right. Walsh was a very cerebral type of coach, was, was as successful in the NFL as anybody. Um, you know, same thing in college football. Um, so, you know. But if you, look at, if you look at the common theme that all of our championship teams have had, 
It's attitude and defense. You know, and now we see such a passive defense. One guy uh, commented on, you know, what happened in Louisville. That was really disturbing. It's not just losing. It's the way we lost. And, you know, our guys just getting punked, pushed around, hit, mocked, and nobody reacted. I mean, are we going to see more of that this year, or is Golden finally going to, you know, I understand talent is one thing, but what about attitude? What about, you know, playing with a chip on your shoulder? What about some hard-hitting defense? Are we going to see that, you think, this year, or, or more of the same? Can't can't answer that question. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it's... It, if you if you're looking at the, the coaching staff is a bunch of really nice guys, man. You know they're not they're just not those kind of guys. Not I, I know. mean, you know, Art Kehoe is the closest. I know, you know that, he, that might be the problem, Gary. That might the, be one he, of the problems. He's, he's the close. Uh, James James Coley has a lot of badass in him. You know he yeah, he's Coley got some, and Kehoe, I see it. I can see Coley it. and Kehoe got, have badass in him. But everybody else, they're just all a bunch of nice guys, man. Brandon Carroll, Larry Scott. Um, you know, Jethro Franklin, Hurley Brown, Paul Williams. Um, they're just all, you know, nice family guys. Mark D'Onofrio. Um, <laughs> they're just, they're all nice guys, man. That's just not, I mean, you know, D'Onofrio can get a little fiery at times and, and, and try to try to do that a little bit and stir it up. But, um, but it's different to be fiery about them not doing their jobs in practice and getting fiery about, you know, wanting these guys to go out there and hit hard. And just motivating these guys to be more aggressive, not just yeah, doing their job being cerebral. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure there's anybody that's gonna, you know, break the uh, the chalkboard at halftime. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's and that might be part of the problem. That's probably why a lot of the fans, you know, are not following Miami the way they used to. And Miami just looks like a soft team, really. Well, it's a new year, a new opportunity. Monday night in Louisville. And the beauty of it is now we get to see something for real. No more talk, no more conjecture, no more predictions. Um, Monday night, you're going to get to see something for real. And we'll circle back here next Tuesday night, and uh, we'll be able to talk about the real deal. So, hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Um, Again, guys, just, you know, huge, huge, huge props for everybody that got on tonight. I thought it was a great show. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, next Monday night, season opener at Louisville. Um, I'll be on that plane back here uh, late morning on Tuesday, and we'll be back here in this chair to sort of usher in your show for you again. Uh, looking forward to hearing from everybody next week as, as we react to that first game on the road at Louisville. Good night, everybody. <laughs>